This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Monday, April 18th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia will start enforcing the indoor mask mandate today. On Sunday, most people walked in without a mask at several restaurants. However, starting today, patrons will need to mask up as the city moves to level two mask precautions under its COVID-19 response guidelines. Businesses and institutions institutions can go mask-free if they require everyone on-site to be fully vaccinated vaccinated and check vaccine status upon entry, according to city officials. The city says the mandate is returning because COVID cases have increased 50% over the last two weeks. After making the announcement last Monday, the city gave businesses a week to prepare and put signage back up. The policy applies to all indoor public spaces, such as schools, restaurants, businesses, museums, offices, and government buildings. Those heading to the 76ers game two playoff matchup against the Raptors will also need to wear a mask inside the Wells Fargo Center. The mandate is being met with some backlash. One group of petitioners filed a lawsuit in the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania to overturn the mandate. The city would not comment on it specifically but said it has the legal authority to enact precautions to prevent the spread of COVID-19. The city says two of three data points need to be met for mask mandate for the mask mandate to end. New cases must be below 100 per day. Cases have increased by less than 50% in the previous 10 days and hospitalizations are below 50. As of April 11th, Philadelphia was averaging 142 new cases of COVID-19 each each day. Authorities in Summit County, Utah, were hearing about a young man wandering the area with a shopping cart for several weeks. When they encountered him last Saturday, they discovered that he was reported missing nearly three years ago in Northern California, more than 700 miles away. It's amazing. Sheriff's deputies responded to a gas station on the morning of April 9th in the greater uh, Park City area after a concerned community member reported seeing the man sleeping there. The uh, Summit County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post, the area is about 40, a 40 mile drive from Salt Lake City and deputies offered the man uh, to sit inside one of their vehicles to warm up and began researching who he was, the sheriff's office said. Uh, through past interactions and the Saturday inter- interaction, it was clear to deputies that the man communicated differently, the sheriff's office said, and also included an autism awareness hashtag on its Facebook post. A dispatcher began looking through pages of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children website and more than a dozen page- pages in came across a missing poster of Connor Jack Oswald. Oswald, who is now 19 years old has been uh, was reported missing in September of 2019 from Clear Lake, California, northwest of Sacramento and roughly 11 and a half hour drive from Summit County. Authorities believed it was the same person uh, they had found shivering at the gas station. Deputies began making phone calls and were able to contact Connor Jack's mother. Uh, she told authorities that Oswald had a distinctive birthmark on his neck and uh, deputies did find that birthmark. Uh, though authorities had previous interactions with Oswald prior to that day, he had not shared who he was to police. And they said that they didn't have a reason to demand his information because he wasn't violating any law. Oswald's stepfather and grandfather went to Park City, Utah to identify him in person and be reunited. My sweetheart is alive, his mother said on the phone while sobbing. Uh, Oswald's mother and stepfather moved to Idaho Falls since he went missing, authorities said. Oswald is still recovering. Uh, he's received, or I'm sorry, he's not recovering. He's receiving care and resources and has not yet gone to Idaho. It's an amazing story. He had, uh, how they, they narrowed it down is he, he actually had a warrant out uh, for him. Himself. And I, I didn't find out what for when I was reading no, about it no. uh, yesterday. Maybe yeah, like vagrancy or something like that. You know, really, really minor. And then they started putting the puzzle pieces together. And the fact that this can, I mean, after three years, three years. wouldn't you 
think the worst. It's, yeah, we're they, not getting they, back they that moved. much time. Yeah. They, the family yeah. moved from their home, hoping that he they they moved back to where I think he grew up as a kid or something along those lines, hoping oh, that he oh, might that wander back. Oh my gosh, to that area. Oh, so yeah, so they moved for that reason to hopefully wow. maybe be somewhere that he might come back to. Well, when I was a kid, my parents were always moving, but I found them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just With a lot of diligence, yeah, due diligence I mean, but, on your uh, part. Yeah, you know, it was Steve. a lot of work. Yeah, I had a Compton's notebooks filled with all sorts of information. <laughs> well, they uh, yeah, they found him three years later, so hopefully wow. uh, he's okay, and That's yeah, they, they can reunite. Yep. Officials said Thursday was the second busiest travel day at the Philadelphia International Airport so far this year. TSA screened more than 2.3 million passengers. Air travel is getting back to pre-pandemic levels, but airline and TSA workers can't seem to keep up. The lines reached as far as the eye could see at security checkpoints. TSA officials said the delays are due to an influx of travelers arriving during the same time frame. No kidding. <laughs> a spokesperson said that they have shifted resources uh, the best they can to properly and safely check passengers and get them on their way. And as travel reaches nearly uh, 90% of pre-pandemic levels, the TSA said the federal government is increasing funding to hire more agents. Uh, Philadelphia International Airport officials recommend that you arrive three hours before your scheduled flight. Now, if, if, sorry, if, if you're traveling around Easter, wouldn't it, just to make things more pleasant, have the TSA agents dress as... Bunnies. Right, they yeah. totally should have been in bunny costumes. It just would have made people smile more. Yes, absolutely. Uh, officials at the airport say they plan to reopen uh, 1,850 spots in the economy lot starting this week. Beginning Thursday, April 21st, the spots will be available for $15 a day. This will be in place for the foreseeable future, officials said. The economy lot, which provided 7,000 parking spots, uh, has been closed since March of 2020 after air travel came to a halt at the start of the pandemic. In sports this morning... <laughs> Jazz Krishom Jr. tripled, doubled, and drove in three runs in the Miami Marlins. Beat Zach Wheeler and the Phillies 11-3 yesterday. What the f- is this? Jesus Sanchez had three hits and two RBI for the Marlins, who won three of four over the Phillies in the weekend series. Now, up next is a series in Colorado against the Rockies, which begins tonight with Aaron Nola on the mound. The first pitch is scheduled for 8:40. Victor Olsen and Tage Thompson each scored twice, and the Buffalo Sabers beat the Flyers 5-3 to sweep a weekend home and home series between two teams. Who won't be making the playoffs. The Flyers play again tomorrow night in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. And the Sixers, who beat the Toronto Raptors by 20 points in Game 1 of their first-round NBA playoff series, are at home tonight for Game 2. Tip-off is set for 7.30. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Back and refreshed from vacation on a Monday morning with the President and Steve Show. One of the things that I'm happy to tell you that is not going away is MMR's concert cash. Mm-hmm. We're still doing that, and we have a chance to win $500. The first opportunity is going to be at 8 a.m., and then it goes on every other hour until 8 p.m., so we'll give you a keyword and then tell you how to enter it, and you'll have 15 minutes to do that. Maybe walk away with 500 bucks and some tickets to the MMR barbecue, so that is on the way. We'll do it twice during our program. We have a new Word of the Week uh, prize to give away as well. We have a Samsung 55-inch Class 7 Series LED 4K UHD Smart Tizen TV. Yes, I said that all. Uh, Four tickets for the Penn Museum to check out one of the largest Egyptian collections in the U.S. And a uh, hieroglyph mug. 
from the museum shop. That's pretty cool. How about that? You can drink uh, liquids out of that. You could do that. Yeah, absolutely. the way the Egyptians did. Yeah, and you can study your hieroglyphics if you uh, are into that. But anyhow, it's in conjunction with uh, Moon Knight, the uh, Marvel yes. Studios uh, show. So cool. We will have your chance to win that at the end of the week. So listen up for the letter of the day, for the word of the week, and that whole thing happens at the end of our program. As far as guests go. Uh, in our studio this morning, um, Chris Jericho is going to be. Love here. Chris Jericho. Yeah, Fozzie is actually in town. They played. Are they playing the Queen no, or they, they did? They played the Queen two nights ago. Really? So yeah. So they're just kind of hanging out. I think they have a show coming up in like Poughkeepsie. So they're just kind of hanging out. But they do have an album coming out. I think they're in our uh, parking lot right now. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. the bus. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I was curious if that was them or not. It's so. got to be, right? And aren't yeah. they in the parking lot this early in the morning? I, I'm, I'm guessing. I know Bill now has a tour bus. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, Bill, he just yeah, likes to Western, yeah. go to a Walmart, man. They let you <laughs> yeah. stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Stay and Cracker Barrels, too, I believe. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, the new album is called Boombox and is out <laughs> on May 6th. And you can pre-order it at uh, FozzyRock.com. So we'll get uh, Chris in here, talk about all things Fozzy. And he's just the nicest guy. Yes, yeah. They played the MM Barbecue a few times. All right, with all that, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get a stupid question all set for you, and uh, we'll dive into some of the entertainment stories. Stay put. It's Monday morning. We'll get through it. Hang in there. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, flip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Stupid question prize this morning is a pair of tickets in a suite with Brent Porsche as NASCAR returns to Dover Motor Speedway. That'll be May 1st. And the question that I have for you, we'll do an easy one to begin with. Which number system uses only the symbols 1 and 0? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Do you know the answer to this? All right, which number system uses only the symbols 1 and and zero two one five two six three WMMR. A number of birthdays to mention while we're waiting for your call to come through. Today is Monday, April eighteenth, and we'll begin with actress Jan Leaves played Daphne on Frasier. Uh, was she on Cougar Town too? Yes, yeah, she was. Yes, she was. Show, right? Yeah, I believe I so. Yeah, her. she was cute. Oh, you know, she wasn't on Cougar Town. She was on Hot and Simpson. That's it. Hot in Cleveland. And you know what? She might not even have been on that, Preston. But she seems like she should have been. I think it was hot in Cleveland. I thought it was hot in Cleveland, um, not Cougar Town. N- yes, it is. Yeah, hot in Cleveland. It was hot, hot in Cleveland. There Knew it go. right she from played, the get uh, Joy Scroggs, obviously. <laughs> exactly. You remember? She's sixty-one today. Uh, Eric McCormack, who played Will on Will and Grace. I, Nick, I know you hated that show, but I <laughs> I would sit and watch that show and just laugh out loud. Well, listen, there were it. two characters that really saved everything, and and that was uh, Jack and. Uh, Whatever the other chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 character. They, they, yeah. they were the money they shot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eric McCormack is 59 today. Uh, you have actress Haley Mills, and she was the original twins in Disney's Parent Trap. Oh, I love her. that 
too. I loved that movie. She is 76 today. Did, were you cool with the remake with Lindsay Lohan? Uh, yeah, it was cute. Yeah, they yeah. did a good job. But that one was like, uh, I just, I loved that as a kid. You Adorable. Know, like, I was like, I, I kind of want to go to camp because I probably have a twin out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so is the original Parent Trap the same as uh, the, the yeah. remake? Okay, yeah. so Except uh, in, in the Lindsay Lohan version, both twins are smoking and drinking. Right, <laughs> no, but in the, the, the premise is, all right, we're, uh, we have to divorce, so you're going to get one kid and I'm going to yes. get the other. And we're not going to tell either one about uh, either one of, uh, about each other, which is a terrible premise. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's old. Yeah, it's, I, it's an old I, premise. I yeah, uh, she is seventy six today. Uh, Rick Moranis turns a year older. And Why don't we take a five minute break? <laughs> Sixty nine years old today. Yes, he's yeah. Lord Helmet. From Spaceballs, of course, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Parenthood. Uh, oh, my God. He's so hilarious He's in best. Parenthood as the, the helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, My Blue Heaven. He's great in that as well. And, and, of course, he was Bob McKenzie. Remember that he took, uh, an, after his wife passed away, he took a number of years off to take care of his kids. No kidding. Like, he, he walked away. He said it was more important that he be home for them, and it was uh, wow. amazing. Uh, he is 69 years old today. It's Conan O'Brien's birthday. Yay! Uh, Conan O'Brien turns 59 years old. Does a really funny podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he gets, obviously, the big stars to come on there. There was uh, one with uh, Paul Rudd not too yeah. long ago. <laughs> Nick showed me, and Steve, you would appreciate it because... He included his ongoing joke, visual joke, of playing a clip of Mac and Me, yeah, a movie that you and Nick love, adore it. And uh, he he pull he did it on the podcast, so he pulled off a visual joke on an audio uh, audio only medium. So, uh, but Conan turns fifty nine years old today. It's also Eric Roberts' birthday today. Ah. Uh, he is 66 years old. Oh, I, was, I was just trying to think of what I saw him in recently, and I and I, I remembered now. He's in uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, he plays oh, is a, he? Yeah, right. he is, yeah. yeah, he plays a character in it, and he's pretty damn funny, man. And, and different than uh, other characters that he's played in the past. Is he like kind of a southern gentleman? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, Not a gentleman, but yeah. Well, yeah, southern yeah. accent. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. Uh, but uh, he's been in tons of movies throughout the years, and uh, Dark Knight, brother of Julia Roberts, of course, father of Emma Roberts. Yes, and uh, he's he's a little bit of a, a loony actor. <laughs> he is, but he's a funny guy. It's a little method, but he's, he's fun. He's a great actor. Yeah. He is uh, sixty six today. Local gal Maria Bello. Ah, oh. uh, she went to Villanova. We've had her on the show a few times. We have. Yeah, she's great. Um, Kathy's favorite movie, History of Violence. We always bring that up. <laughs> that and Coyote Ugly. One of the most uncomfortable sex scenes takes place oh, yeah. in a History of Violence. It's very weird on a staircase. Yep. Um, that was the part where I was like, "This is right. what's happening." This that is... was a little weird. Yeah, I will admit the whole movie is supposed to leave you going not quite comfortable with everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, McFarland USA, great movie. She's in that. Uh, Thank you for smoking. Bunch of stuff. She's fifty five today. Uh, actor David Tennant, uh, who did a turn as Doctor Who. So, and he is in the first season of Jessica Jones. He is a really, really evil uh, supervillain. And he's also in the Harry Potter uh, universe in uh, Goblet of Fire. Nick, was it uh, Cornelius Fudge's son that no, he played? It's the other 
The other son. dude? Yeah, a Crowley or something like that? Okay. Crowley Fudgebacker. That's there it. you go. <laughs> you remember. Uh, he is uh, 51 today. America Ferrera. Yeah. From uh, Ugly Betty. We had her in the studio. 38 years old today, yep. Oh, no- yeah, for How You Train Your Dragon, yep. maybe? Okay. And another person we've had in the studio and talked to on the phone many times, Eli Roth. Yes. That's his birthday day and a big one for him. He is 50 years old. He's today. saving sharks right now. That's yeah. his big yeah, focus. Yeah, remember that's yeah. the last time we talked to him. Was Very about passionate that. about it. That's- um Three yep. birthday uh, people that we've had in our studio That's so far. That's how big a show yeah. we are, in case you're wondering. That. What have I happened into here? This uh, is the kind of show we have had Eli Roth in the studio. And let's wrong. not forget that he was uh, Antonio Margheriti <laughs> in uh, Inglorious Bastards, so he's 50. And isn't um, that the name pops up a couple times in Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood? That, that name does? That name po- yes, he, used, out. he uses the name yeah. again. I forget exactly where the reference is, but he uses it again. Uh, okay, let me see here. Two more. We'll end. Antonio Margariti. <laughs> Margariti. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, uh, who I fell in love with on The Crown. She played uh, Princess Margaret. Uh, she's a very beautiful woman. She um, is. Mission Impossible Fallout. She was the, the White Widow, they called her. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think she's going to be, like, in the next two ones, uh, upcoming ones as well. Excellent, yeah. Uh, so she is. The, the movies are great. 34 today. And last birthday today, Kathy, have some popcorn. It's Kourtney Kardashian's birthday. Oh! <laughs> Well, that's Chloe eats the popcorn. Like, well, they, they're all, they all have yeah. Well, you just oh to celebrate. Yeah. Kathy turned me on <laughs> to this gal on Instagram that spoofs Kardashian conversations, and it's hilarious. I forgot the name of it. I but forgot her name, too. I'll look at her. Her face, Steve, does not move oh, while yeah, she's yeah. talking. Uh, and she, like, talks back and forth from one sister to the next. It's and the best. It's, oh. Yeah, it's really good. Well, you, the show debuted, did it not, over the week we were off did on it? Hulu? Yes. Uh, anybody oh, watch it? absolutely no. not. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's 43 today, so uh, that rounds out the birthdays. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. An easy one this morning. Uh, which number system uses only the symbols 1 and 0? 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Nancy to see if we can get an answer. Hi there, Nancy. Good morning. Nancy, what uh, number system uses only the symbols 1 and 0? Binary. Binary. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Hang on, Nancy. Got yourself a pair of sweet tickets to join Mr. Brent Porsche as NASCAR returns to Dover Motor Speedway on May 1st with the Duramax Drydeen 400. Get tickets at DoverSpeedway.com. At the box office this weekend, number one was Fantastic Beasts. Uh, the Secrets of Dumbledore came up way shorter than they thought it was going to be ta- uh, take at uh, $43 million. Yeah, they were investing a lot of promotion in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Sonic the Hedgehog 2, The Lost City, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was fourth, followed by Father Stew, Morbius, Ambulance, The Batman, uh, KFG Chapter 2 was ninth, followed by KFG Chapter 2 <laughs> number 10. Oh. Wow, that's a neck-and-neck battle. Well, that's weird. Movie. Yeah. It says KFG Chapter 2, and then in parentheses it says SIA, S-I-A. Right. And then KFG Chapter 2, in parentheses it says Viva and Hindi. Uh, so I don't know what all that means. Maybe Bollywood films? And I'm not familiar with KFG Is Chapter it SIA wouldn't want to be a? No, it doesn't say that. So. Huh. All right, well, let's uh, get in some of the entertainment stories. Uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry shared a sweet moment during the opening ceremony for the Invictus Games on Saturday. After giving a heartfelt speech, uh, Meghan had introduced her incredible husband and welcomed Harry onto the stage where the couple shared a loving kiss in front of her. Yeah, 
They dry humped each other. Uh, please, could you please stop that? <laughs> During her speech, the Duchess of Sussex said that she and Harry were so grateful to the Netherlands for welcoming us and hosting the Invictus Games, a sporting event held for wounded, injured, and sick veterans. Uh, for each team, she said, my husband and I both realize it's been a lot to get here, both physically and emotionally, not least of which for the Ukraine team, who we all are standing with. Uh, Markle thanked the veterans in attendance for the service and said of her husband, I could not love and respect him more, and I know that all of you feel the same because he's your fellow veteran, having served two tours of duty in Afghanistan uh, and 10 years of military service. So they got the Invictus Games underway. Uh, Natasha Leone and Fred Armisen have split up. This blew my mind because I didn't know they were dating. I didn't know. Yeah. They, well, they were. I think were they married too? Uh, number? No, oh, no, I don't think so. So the forty-three-year-old actress and fifty-five-year-old comedian had been dating. There you go for eight years. Yeah, eight years. What? They lived together in Los Angeles, but Natasha has revealed that the pair have now ended the relationship. Speaking about living in L.A., Natasha told the Hollywood Reporter. I've been living with Fred, and during COVID, I honestly think we broke up because I wanted a swimming pool. (laughs) She said, we love each other just about as much as two people can love each other, and we're still talking all the time, but Freddie doesn't like a swimming pool. It might seem like a mundane reason for a breakup, but during the pandemic, uh, you've got to get your laps. And I'm like, Burt Lancaster in the swimmer. So I got myself a house with a pool out in Los Angeles. So that's the real scandal. I guess I finally am an actual uh, bi-coastal, she said. Did you ever see that movie with Burt Lancaster called The Swimmer? Never even it's, heard of it's it. Like a, it's like an, an indie type of film. But one day, this guy is at his um, neighbor's home. And, and through the hills, it's in L.A., um, he says, you know, I, I could probably swim home from here at, by going to each backyard on the way back to his home. But each house he goes to... <laughs> Where he swims in the pool, there's a story that he where he wronged someone or did something, you know, and so it's kind of like he's he's making amends in this in this bizarre movie, but it's actually really good. Interesting. Prior to her relationship with Fred, Natasha was linked to Edward Furlong and Adam Goldberg. Uh, is that our Adam Goldberg? Uh, no, maybe the actor who's in yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Fred was married to Elizabeth Moss from 2009 to 2011 and Sally Timms between 1998 and 2004. You remember Elizabeth Moss said that being married to Fred Armisen was like dying inside and, and he had to, he sort of agreed. He said, I'm a bad, yeah. I'm a bad relationship. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they are, uh, they have split. If you didn't know it, then it's no big deal to you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, best in show actress, Jane Lynch, who we love, uh, shared just how she proposed to her wife, Jennifer. Uh, she had said in an interview recently, uh, Jennifer and I had been together forever, and we were shopping for insurance for her, and I just said, let's get married. And that's how romantic it was. <laughs> would it be great if it was Jennifer Coolidge, just like in Best in Show? Yeah. Uh, while the proposal may have been a little lackluster, Lynch said that the wedding itself was really a beautiful thing. She said, we live in Santa Barbara, and we went to their courtyard or courthouse, which is a beautiful old Spanish building. She said it's a mission building. Her son, Harry, had become a minister with the Universal Life Church. Oh. So he married us, she said. He's a brother. And it was just three of us out in the courtyard at the courthouse, and it was lovely. Hmm. But literally, they were buying insurance. She goes, well, let's just get married. It's very hot when you buy insurance together. I guess so. Very heated. Kind of gets you all romantic and everything. Yeah, 
Uh, we have an audio clip to play with this story. Uh, uh, Case, I want to make sure we have it. It has to do with uh, Will Wheaton and Jerry O'Connell. Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton, yes. Yeah. Do you have that handy? I'm looking. Uh, it, I'm looking, and I'm and liking. liking. So, yep. page six reports that Jerry O'Connell apologized to his Stand By Me co-star, Will Wheaton, recently, uh, talking about some issues that he had on the set of Stand By Me. And wow. I'll, uh, I haven't listened to the clip, but let's uh, let's play this, because the story was is that his father was emotionally abusive to him. Yes. And he had kind of really forced him into acting. You know, one of those, like, stage parents that was Completely. really, really pushing right, right, right. hard. Yep. And so uh, this is what uh, Jerry O'Connell had to say about that. Well, I just wanted to say I've heard before you talk about some of the struggles you were going through during Stand By Me. Yeah. And while I was 11 at the time, that's that's an excuse. I do want to apologize for not being there more for you Stop. Stop. when I, you were I, younger. I, I mean, I want to say to the bigger picture, you never know what someone is going through yeah, when you're with right. them. I don't feel guilt, but I just wanted to say I'm sorry I wasn't there for you more, you know? Um, I deeply appreciate that. You were 11. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying that as a yeah. joke. I'm saying you were 11. How could you possibly have known? Yeah. Also, everyone in the audience who is a trauma survivor knows this. Yeah. We're real, real, real good at covering up what we're yeah. doing. That's through. right. So, so he guess, was really, he was really put through the ringer. I guess it was his, his very dad sad. must have been all over yeah. him. And, uh, and, and I have not personally seen or read about those uh, those stories that, that he's been sharing, so I'm curious about that. I, re- I read a little bit about it. Very, very, very uh, controlling and manipulative and demeaning and um, obviously traumatic. Well, uh, so that was cool of, uh, of Jerry O'Connell to, uh, to kind of offer that up. I yeah. thought that was cool. Uh, according to TMZ, Seth Rogen is not happy about uh, Jack in the Box, the restaurant, uh, their 420 uh, Pineapple Express promotion. What's wrong with it? Uh, well, it's not official. Know, they didn't tie it in officially. He said, on Sunday, the knocked-up actor commented on the fast food company's ad for a Pineapple Express shake. He said, this has nothing to do with the movie Pineapple Express. We had nothing to do with this and weren't asked if we wanted our film associated with this. And obviously, if we did a tie-in, it would have to be to promote... It, it, Wait, it would have to be to promote those bizarre effing diarrhea-inducing taco things they sell. Wow. Oh. I guess he's not a Taco yeah. Bell fan. No, not Taco Bell. It's uh, Jack, Jack in the, the Box. Box. I'm sorry, yeah. Um, and by the way, I like their tacos at Jack yeah? in the Box. I loved them. They were greasy and nasty and yummy. <laughs> yep. I, gr- I grew up with a uh, with a Jack in the Box. For the for longest time, Preston, I loved them. before Taco Bell came on the scene, they were your only... Fast food taco Talk available. To get to? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to dig them too. All right, where's the closest Jack in the Box here? That's a good question. I think it's a ways away. It's probably, probably west of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yo, miss the mighty miss. All right, so we have another clip to play along with this one. I believe. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Garner on Friday posted a video to Instagram to share a special birthday surprise that she got just ahead of her fiftieth birthday, which was yesterday. Donnie Osmond, who she loved as a child, apparently approached her while she was out to eat. And it's a funny video because he comes up behind her. She doesn't even see him. And she knows just from hearing his voice who he is. And she's watching, I believe, a video There's of a video. Him. Yeah. So you can get these Donnie Osmond right. birthday sing he insert your name. Right. And they're pretty generic. It's like cameo-esque. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, I think he did them years ago. Right. He did this a long time ago and you could get it. And so she doesn't even, he sings behind her, and it's really, really funny. So we have the clip of him coming up uh, and singing to her. Get it off my oh, this is after they sat yeah, yeah. down together and started singing. Say the things you need. 
And where does the lady with the uh, blow-up doll show up? In oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know that story. Uh, I don't know, Nick. You met her at, a, at an event? I think we can move okay. on. <laughs> we don't that, need to share it right A gal now. that we knew had an ata- anatomically correct uh, uh, Donnie Osmond blow-up doll. She just had a big tongue, a mechanical tongue that would move around. And he presented, so Donnie presented her with a cake that said uh, 13 going on 50, was it? I believe yeah, it was. 50, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the movie. I, by the way, I don't know that song they were singing. Never heard it. Yeah. And apparently it rocked her world. So, yeah. 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 Let's see. Uh, unfortunately, a um, a death to pass along. Uh, let's see. Um, Liz Sheridan, who played uh, Helen Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's mother on Seinfeld, passed away on Friday. She's so, 93 years old, by the way. We lost both the Seinfeld yeah. mothers in the course of just a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in addition to her work on the famous sitcom, she also appeared in several Broadway shows, and she played uh, Raquel, is it Akmonic? Yep. Casey? Trev- Trevor on, and Raquel Akmonic. On ALF. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and that was from 1986 to 1990. Was she she the the, the main... The neighbor. Oh, she was a neighbor. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. The mom was... Uh... Oh, jeez. Courtney Stodden. <laughs> it, was Courtney. it was not Courtney Stodden. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kate. Kate. Okay. Kate. 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 You Kate know the show better than anyone. I know, I know, so, no. It was a yeah. Willie Kate and... We can move on. This yes. is really about Liz Sheridan. And John Boy. And let's the, not take that away from her. Let's not take it away from her. That was you. the wall. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah but they also had an alien on that show. Good night, night Al. Al. <laughs> 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 uh, and the news of Sheridan's passing comes just a week after Estelle Harris, that's who we were talking about, yes. played George Costanza's mother, Estelle, on Seinfeld, passed away as well. So that is sad news. Uh, there was another uh, death, Patrick Carlin. Comedy writer and performer who was a major influence on his younger brother, George Carlin, died on Sunday. He was 90 years old. I had no idea George Carlin had an older brother. Yeah, and apparently they were, uh, they were, he was a real influence on him. So yeah. uh, Carlin's death was confirmed by Kelly Carlin, his niece and daughter of George Carlin. Uh, George passed away at 71 in June 2008, and George dedicated a chapter to his brother in his posthumously published 2009 memoir called Last Words, a memoir. Uh, the chapter about his brother was titled The Ace of Aces, The Dude of Dudes. Uh, and uh, Kelly Carlin said he was my dad's hero. A lot of his thinking in the last 25 years of George's career were fed and uh, by uh, were fed by and connected to Pat. So he was a big influence. I'd be curious to see some of his writing. If well, it, by if the way, here's George Carlin's style. So he's going to be featured in an interview so, as an interview subject for the upcoming HBO documentary called George Carlin's American Dream. Uh, it's a two-parter and it's directed by Judd Apatow. Very cool. Uh, so that's expected to debut next month. And he was a writer on and off again for his brother, and he rose from for some other shows. And actually, was a uh, on air DJ for uh, KROQ in Los Angeles. Did you uh, see for, the, in the early days of that radio station? Did you see the Apatow uh, uh, special tribute to um, uh, Gary Shandling? No, exactly. I know he loved him. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were very, very close. Yeah, yeah. Was that uh, a while back? Or? A while. Uh, yeah, everything seems a while back yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. TV Line reports that Power of the Dog actor Benedict Cumberbatch is set to host Saturday Night Live for the second time. That'll be coming up in May. Where'd you get that strong dog of yours? Uh, Cumberbatch will take the stage on May 7th, the day after Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness lands in theaters. Cumberbatch wow. is good. Uh, he is also a, as they say, a good mimic. He does a lot of really solid yeah, impressions. He does. Yeah. Really good ones. So I'm excited. I forgot that... Uh, 
the Doctor Strange film is coming out that yes, May yep. 7th. That is not far away. No, and we are going to have a screening of oh, it. Yes, we are. Nice. Love it. Uh, let's see. What else? Deadline reports that Wilmer Valderrama certainly isn't ruling out reprising his role as Fez on that nine, uh, that 90s show, uh, the upcoming sev- that 70s show spinoff. He said, I'm a little busy now, but I support them so much. I'm rooting for them. I wish them nothing but the best. Uh, and when asked about returning to the franchise as Fez, he said, if the timing's right, I'd never say no. He's currently on a show called Fez for the Defense, where he plays a top attorney. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Fez for the Defense. I'm not aware of that It's a very powerful show. They took the character in a whole new direction. Wow. So, rejection is never easy. And Kaylee Cuoco recently shared that she was devastated after finding out that she wasn't chosen for the Knives Out sequel. Oh, my God. In her April 2022 cover story for Glamour magazine, Cuoco said she cried all night when she lost her part to Kate Hudson. She said, I was was convinced (laughs) that the part was mine. I was so convinced that my bags were packed for grease. Oh, man. And then I didn't get it. Those are my grease bags. I was so... (laughs) I'll never get to use them. She said for her grease. <laughs> Devastated. <laughs> That's all. Hydrated. <laughs> emancipated. Mm-hmm. Master. No, we can't. No, I can't do it. Uh, so she said, I was so, I was so devastated, and I'm not normally devastated over roles. However, Coco claims that it all worked out for the best. Following day, she received the script for a meet cute, a romantic comedy she filmed last year with Pete Davidson, and she said. I said this is the most magical little script, and I would have never gotten it if I got Knives, she said. And that's what it was. That was it was supposed to be, and Knives is going to be great, and Kate is great, and she was supposed to do it, and I was supposed to do this. Maybe I'll get the audition for the third one, she said. Does saying. she ever shut up? She doesn't. <laughs> um, you know what she does that's really good? She does the Harley Quinn uh, role in the animated series, the DC series, and uh, there is cursing. It is an adult cartoon. Yeah. But she is excellent in that series. All right, then one last story. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is enjoying twice the celebration as she turns another year older. The Golden Globe winner, now 26, 26. marked her joint birthday with musician boyfriend Malcolm McRae, who turned 28 on Saturday, and they shared some sweet photos. I love you. Of the couple getting lost in the woods. You're 26 and I'm two years older. And out enjoying a ride. I'm 28. On Instagram. And she wrote, happy birthday to us, baby. Thank you for all your love. SEC and Chess, check hand job. Oh. They don't say that. What? No, it's checkmate. Ooh. Taylor Joy was accompanied by McRae last week as she attended the London premiere of her new movie called The Northmen, mm. uh, sharing a kiss on the red carpet. That looks like a very sort of um, Asgardian okay. uh, approach to the Norse myth. I haven't seen any of it, so yeah, it's I'm not like familiar a, with it. It's like Thor meets um, Game of Thrones. All right. And meets cool. uh, Queen's Gambit. Taylor Joy was accompanied by McRae last week. I already said that part. Uh, the Queen's Gambit star previously opened up about their relationship, telling British Vogue about their shared interest. I said to my partner the other day that he was my hobby. Uh. I see reading as something that I have to do, she said last month, and he loved it because he's the same. And I finally found You read books too? Someone who will happily sit in silence with me reading. We're basically 80 years old and seven at the same time, and it works really well, she uh, said. We love her. Uh, she added that she prefers being in a relationship to dating. She said, I was not a good dater, and I'm quite glad to not be. I hear stories from my friends, and I'm like, God, I would suck at that. I would have put her with Vin Diesel. Uh, they would make a yeah, nice yeah. couple, right? No. 
Uh, the Northman uh, premieres Friday, April 22nd, so this coming Friday, by the way. She is the um, the kind of model du jour amongst um, yeah. Hollywood starlets. Mm-hmm. All they, the designers are clamoring for her. Yeah, you see her in some really glamorous outfits, yep. like extremely. She is like uh, like golden age of Hollywood well, yeah. glamorous. You build that reputation, you got to stick with it. That's yeah. our curse. When we're seen out and about, <laughs> yeah, I know, we've got to be dressed to the nines. Yep. Hey, um, I have a question for you before you move on to clips. Um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried died last week. Yes. yes. Sucked. Devastated. How did he die? I, I never heard. He had a, said de- an illness. A degenerative um, neuromuscular disease that caused an irregular heartbeat. Oh. Yeah, and it, I mean, obviously that that was something that that just he, yeah, they blew knew our it, minds. Yeah, but they knew about the um, whatever he it, suffered. Yeah, from. they called it a long illness. I, yeah. I didn't get the details on what it was. So, so it was um, you know, they, they, he was he was you know in Ill the documentary on Gilbert Gottfried, he had um, uh, which is really great. Um, he was throughout the whole documentary is seen tending to his sister who was very ill and fighting wow. cancer. So, a lot of illness in the family. So, Steve, I'd never heard of this term before, but it's a ventricular tachycardia. Okay. And then uh, it was complicated by type 2 mytonic uh, dystrophy. So, um, it's it's a very complicated medical... And rare. Yeah, um, but that's what what killed him. And he had been... He had not... Uh, made it aware, you know, to no, the that he was no. uh, that he was ill. So that, Louis that was, Anderson, Bob Saget, L- look at the, oh, the you know the, yeah. the, the 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 giants that um, that are gone. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's sad, sad news, especially because we he was like every year, yeah, for for ages. Gilbert would come by here, and we had great, fun conversations with him great. off air and on air, and uh, we just loved having him as a guest. So it was just terrible news to hear about that. We're going to play the clips now. Director Robert Eggers filmed many difficult scenes for the epic historical drama The Northman. And in this clip, Robert talks about how uh, a particular struggle led to a signature scream from Alexander Skarsgård. Here we go. We shot all night long in the rain. We were really happy with it. And we realized that the, the lens was fogged and we had to do it over again. You know, so then Alex's scream of, of fury at the end of that shot is a, a scream not just of a berserker, but a scream of wanting to wring my neck. Shut the f*** up! <laughs> the Northman comes out of the ears on Friday, like we said earlier. Here's Looks pretty good. Yeah. The next clip for you. Josh Brolin stars in the show Outer Range. And that's not even a word. That's not yeah. even a word. <laughs> yeah, that's not a word. Outer Range. Uh, in this clip, he explains what makes working with his cast so fun. Here we go. There's a lot of really wonderful, sensitive, skilled raw actors involved in this and then it starts to kind of dictate what it wants to be as opposed to what you intended so if you're open to that and kind of look at the big picture of it all it started to kind of morph as the series progressed and 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 it got really fun that way did i say did i say john or josh brolin? i think he said josh i thought, I thought you said josh it says john brolin here That's a I, crack. I think that i made the uh, correct uh, the correction in my head so i was looking at the trailers for this series and i i get the impression that it's not just a that there's an otherworldly thing there is i watched it i watched uh, the oh, first two episodes and, uh, is there another element it is like uh kathy yellowstone meets okay. like close encounters or something oh, like that there, there is uh, there's something hinky going yeah. on on this ranch and uh something it, what 
Hinky. 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 Okay. Is it glowing cow people? It is not glowing cow people. Okay. And I don't want to sort of give it away, but uh, I was like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm going to watch this. Was it Alf? It was not. <laughs> yeah. <this is laughs> Melmachians take over Earth. No, um, I don't want to give it away. Um, but, it, you know, Lily Taylor's in it. He's in it. Um, Lily. Lily. And then uh, also, Nick, the guy who plays uh, in... Oh, Jesus. Ozark, uh, the crazy brother in like, yeah. season three. What an incredible actor Tom he is. Tom Pelfrey, that's yeah, it. Yeah, so, but you like it? You like it already? I do, right. I do. Uh, yeah. I was going to check it out. And, uh, where is... Oh, it's on Prime. Okay, yep. so Outer Range can now be streamed if you want to check that out. not even a word. On Prime Video. <laughs> oh, range. Not even a word. <laughs> that is our first entertainment report back hey! vacation. And we are happy to be back. And we are happy to have your chance to win uh, some money and concert tickets. We have the, the MMR concert cash uh, starting up at 8. So we're less than an hour away from that. So listen for your chance to win $500. And take us to the MM Barbecue. That's on the way. Speaking of MM Barbecue, a veteran of that show, Mr. Chris Jericho from the band Fozzie, is going to be stopping by the studio this morning. Awesome. He's got a new album out. It's called Boombox, coming out on the 6th of May. So we will spend a little bit of time with Chris and see how he is doing. And I'm sure his excitement around the new album finally being released. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second on this uh, sunny Monday morning. It's not going to stay sunny all day long. We do have some rain coming up a little bit later. We'll get into that in a bit. So stay put. We will return shortly. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right. And this month's band is Kara Kara. Kara Kara, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Uh, Quickly, I'd like to do a thank you. Uh, I got a, a little package this morning. And uh, someone else has sent me some of the Rush beer oh, uh, nice. from Canada. Uh, so I would like to thank uh, Sue Malley, uh, who reached out to me, and she got it from uh, Ohawa, Canada. And she said, my husband and I were up there in September visiting family and knew that you would enjoy this as much as me. I, too, am a Rush fan. Uh, so I thought that was really cool, and I appreciate it, but you don't have to get me anymore. I've got got plenty. You you can start your own brewery. I'm good to go. I feel a little guilty because he went through a lot uh, to get the the beer because you can't get it in the U.S. So thank you. I appreciate it. And may I thank uh, Erica Houston Preston who sent me a a T-shirt that is Mount Kissmore. It is the... uh, Oh my God! That's funny. It's kiss uh, up on Mount Rushmore. Kiss that's on. Cool. Uh, like that's that. funny, and that's because of the Gene Simmons stuff. So thank you. It's very yeah. nice. Oh, and you know what? And as a collective thank you from the group, I would like to thank uh, the gang at Centos. Now Centos. Uh, so apparently they heard us talking. We were who uh, who had the, uh, the the pen with the uh, the uh, multicolors? Steve, Steve Byrne. Oh, you know what? Somebody on the show. I forgot who it was. Was it you, Nick, or was it Casey? I think it was Casey. It was me. Uh, yeah. That pointed out that uh, Steve had one of those old pens that you could choose which yeah, color yeah, yeah. ink you wanted to use by pushing down a little button. Well, apparently these guys have them, and they <laughs> sent us a, a gift package oh my of rainbow pens. It says rainbow pens for Preston Steve. It says, one of our teammates heard that you guys were talking on the radio about the rainbow click pen, and we wanted to send over a little gift where a local business located in Morrisville, Pennsylvania, 
and we manufacture the Cento's brand of stationery and art supplies, and we mostly manufacture markers and pens, and the rainbow pen has been a core item in our collection for a decade. Straight out of Bucks County. We had a bunch of these <laughs> in the office, and we thought it would be fun to send them over for you guys to share. I hope you enjoy the little gift. Our team loves the show. Sincerely, the Cento's family and Kathy will do five points for oh! Bucks County. Wow. Five points for Bucks Co. <laughs> wow. You know what? I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. I am it. gesturing Casey I know you are. to hit the sound effect. I don't want to do it. Why? Because I hate Bucks County. Okay. I hate it with all my passion. Wow. Yeah. I don't care. Hit it anyway. All right. Five points. Bucks County. Bucks County. We'll throw that in there. And thank you guys. For there, he? He did. Well, because he's been dropping the ball on Delco. All right. He's, uh, he's been dropping the ball on Delco. You're winning the contest. Hate, hate yeah, an entire county. You don't hate an entire county for that reason. No, I don't hate the people of the county. I just the area of it. Uh, okay. By the way, it's 80 to 55, mm. Delaware County leading. So yeah. shut up. Okay. Still that, that pilot. Yeah, that was a big one. That was 50 points. He wasn't even from Delco. All right, anyway. Did you want to make was, something, too, and then we can move on? Delco people that saved the day, Kathy. It wasn't right, the pilot. Right, right. But, uh, no, I, uh, we we all ended up getting presents, and I got the, the sticker from a gentleman named Will Garrity. Uh, and uh, he said, thanks for surrendering to the flow. And it was these uh, fish donut stickers. And I just showed up, and they were sitting in an envelope waiting for me. Very I'm nice. Say, uh, Will Garrity Art in Phoenixville, PA. You guys are too nice. Thank yes. you very yes. much. We appreciate all the stuff. All right. Um, I did notice a few things oh. that I thought were worth mentioning, if you guys don't mind. It's time for the return of the noticer. And mm. by the way, Stranger Things will be on soon enough, right? Well, I'm, we are in season two right now, We've my daughter. And I. music for it. Yep, that is exactly it. music of the noticer <laughs> Be known as such. All right, uh, we're going to start with this. Uh, this thing, so you don't have to. Marissa actually noticed this one, and Marissa she said it to me. For the noticer. I noticed that she sent this to it's like me. Like a bank shot off the noticer to us, something like that. Uh, are you guys from now? Listen, I see this every day on the way into work. Are you familiar with the oldies.com yes. sign that is painted on the, the side of the warehouse? Yes. yes. It, uh, yes, what, it's a perennial, and, and as you, it's right off of four seventy. <laughs> it's right near your right house. By your house. Yeah, you can right see it from you. your backyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. I've seen it from your backyard. From my backyard. <laughs> yes, you can. No, you can. It's can't. in Conjahawkin. If you're headed down uh, the Blue Route South, okay. on your right hand side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it says oldies.com. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, It's gigantic. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that building is now up for sale. And here's what I didn't know. And since I read this article. I had never really put two and two together, but billboard advertisements are not la- allowed on the Blue Route. That's true. They're, you don't so, see. Oh yes. yeah. Oh, so they so they've used the building. They've for used it? the building. So what's in that building? Well, so the the products that they sell, which by the way, a long time ago, probably a dozen years ago or more, I'm like, all right, I'm going to check out oldies.com and see what this is about. And it's vintage uh, posters and things like that. Jerkmates. That you can buy. I've never heard of Jerkmates. Never heard of it. No, I never have. Yo, ever heard of Jerkmate? But anyway, um, uh, and you know what? I I only checked it out one time and they didn't really have anything that I would have liked to purchase. Uh, They used to have. Uh, So I just kind of blew it off after that. Right. So the sign, it says movies, music, uh, uh, and more. And um, and so that was, uh, it was more just the catalog place has it pretty much been empty for all this time? No, 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 no. I don't think so. So um, the property, which is at sixty Portland Road, has now been listed for sale. The inspiration for the business, by the way, traces back to a New York doo-wop group known as the 
the Capris, yeah, uh, who had a 1959 single called There's a Moon Out Tonight. You know that song? I didn't know that tune. I'm vaguely familiar. I know the Capris, and uh, I couldn't hum the song for you, though. So it captured the interest of 17-year-old Jerry Green, an art student in Times Square. Green purchased the rights to the master of the unheralded song and re-released it in 1961, this time helping it earn major radio airplay and it reached number three in the Billboard Singles Chart. How about that? Green moved to Philadelphia with the money that he earned and joined partners in starting the Record Museum, a 25-store chain that later was sold and became wall-to-wall, followed by FYE. Mm-hmm. So it ended up yes. going on to be those uh, names. After the sale of the business, Green created a reissue music label collectibles records, which sold to larger retailers that have since gone out of business, like Strawberries and Tower Records. Uh, Melissa Green Anderson, Jerry's daughter, helped spearhead a pivot to a direct-to-consumer model that would uh, complement the mail-order business and expand into movies and pop culture merchandise. And that was it. The parent company of Oldies.com is called Gotham Distributing. Uh, and it also owns the movie side of the family business, Alpha Home Entertainment. Now, both divisions cater to vintage music and movies that have become less accessible in the age of downloads and streaming, leaving younger generations in a state of awareness about some of the lesser-known classic material of earlier eras. So the company purchased the 52,000-square-foot warehouse. Oh, man, that's awesome. And West Conshohocken is a home base for its direct-to-consumer business. So that, uh, they had all the stuff there. Preston and Steve go-kart uh, track, Preston? Uh, indoor go-kart <laughs> yeah. track. You like that? that? Yeah. Uh, the oldies.com site also is a treasure trove of vinyl, rare, and out-of-print CDs, books, magazines, movies, and gifts, often with deep price discounts. I went, so what are they going to do with all that inventory? Well, they're going to shrink it down. So apparently a real estate broker... I had said that Oldies.com only needs about five to 10,000 square feet of space. All right. So they don't need 50,000 square feet. And uh, they want to test a hot market for industrial warehouse space. And so the price off the property was not specified, but they think they can probably move it no problem. How much property is it on? Don't know. Okay. It's uh, like I, in a, um, I think there's like, it's near that big gymnastic center. It's in like a... Like an industrial park, like an industrial, yeah, kind of like an industrial park. There are some business, some other businesses back there, but um, yeah, I believe that's where I believe it's next to a big gymnastics center. Okay, what? What do you get? Just now, all of a sudden, she knows exactly where it is. (laughs) I know where it is. Nick was said it was. You can see it from my backyard. You can't see it from my backyard, but I know where it is. So it's be be really tall. It's become just kind of those, you know, one of those things that that's there. We have a segment called "What the Hell Is That?" Yeah, Uh, and and that was one of them where where, where, that thing's been around. Like it used to be like the CD Now building. Remember that? Did you Mm -hmm. pass? Oh yeah, yeah. Which is still there uh, on the turnpike, right? Exactly. I don't know what it is nowadays. I was thinking about you yesterday, Steve. I was on a plane flying into Philly, and uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about that quarry off of the Blue Room. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's the quarry that he was talking about. You can is see it, it right from the blue room. Is it really a quarry or is it a missile silo? We Who don't know. Knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're going to sell that, and or they're trying to sell it right now, and that would mean, I would imagine, that they will paint over the oldies.com uh-huh. uh, advertisement. So, yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that you couldn't have a billboard because there's another one over that way, Kathy, the Ardmore Tire yeah. sign. Now, that one, you, can, you can't you can see, that see one. from my backyard, but right down the street, yeah. But I guess that's not technically well, a that's... billboard on the Blue Route. It's on the other side of that 
Yeah, wall. it's it's on yeah, it's on the the street like where their address is, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly know? on ninety five, you can put billboards oh, all yeah. over the place. Wherever is there still want. is there still a clock on that uh, billboard uh, or more tire on that sign? I don't know. Do you remember back in the day when banks had time and temperature? Absolutely, yes. And it, it would be a, a, an LED, you know, sign out in front, and it always and, and it was always banks that had the time and temperature. I think it was the the Royal Bank. I think it is. It used to be on Montgomery Avenue. It had an actual old style analog clock oh, okay. on, the, on the side, which was pretty cool. There was a, right by the exit for Springfield Lima. There was a, a these people that. In their backyard, it was a Jesus sign. It was like, you know, Jesus oh, is yeah. the reason for the season. And, you could and see so it from the highway. You could see it from the highway, and it was just, it was um, like billboardish, right? right? right and right. then <laughs> they drew too much attention to it and put like an LED sign up. I remember and that. And they made them take it down altogether. So who made them take it down? The township or uh, the, I, devil? I mean, the devil? The devil did it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I, don't, I don't know. Take that down now. All right. Anyhow, I noticed something else. Here we go. Let's go with this story that I saw. Look for the notice here. What does he notice next? Screaming girls. Screaming girls. Oh, yes. Screaming, sobbing, crying girls at concerts. It What's seems up? like an age-old thing, right? Yep. It's uh, been happening. Uh, you know, obviously, the days of the Beatles were a, a big one. Mozart. Uh, but it may have been even before that. So what's up with that behavior? Uh, musicologist Nate Sloan says intense emotional reactions can actually trigger the body's fight or flight response, which could be part of the reason why fans cry seeing their idols in person. Uh, because that's actually a nervous system flight response and not triggered by fear, but just being in an intense emotional state. So you're overwhelmed. Is what's happening, basically, right? You're seeing something that you can't process. Yeah. Sociologist Michelle Janning says that there are various explanations, including uh, that entering a concert space is a kind of vacation from control, mm-hmm. which is especially needed by girls, she said. Uh, she stated there is still a lot at play at how we socialize children into gender roles that make girls and women feel like they need to be small, to gatekeep themselves, they, they can't be loud. And another piece is we've all been socialized to do things like scream loudly at concerts. But these days, female fans don't just scream for boy bands or artists. They also scream for people like Billie Eilish. A lot of screaming. Teen psychologist Barbara Greenberg said that the screaming and crying could have to do with the feeling that a beloved artist is putting words to a fan's private emotions. Ah! And... And it's really big to feel understood. I remember clearly taking our, um, we had dropped my older brother Gene off at a drive-in theater that was showing Hard Day's Night, Preston. And we pulled, I remember this, clearly I'm a little, little kid. And we pull up where we're driving a station wagon or whatever the hell it was. My dad drops my older brother off from outside of the drive-in theater from people in cars. You could hear the girls screaming during the movie. So yeah. I was like, yes, this is a it. phenomenon. Do you guys, do you do a lot of yelling when you go to concerts? No. No? No. No, I mean, like, you know, when the song's over, applauding, woo, and yeah, that I'll stuff. I'll applaud loudly, and I, I do the rosary a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm not talking about screaming and crying. Yeah. No, like, I mean, maybe, I mean, like, I'll clap, and yeah, maybe you flash? a little woo, but I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm conscious of my voice now, so yes. I remember, okay. you know, when I was point. younger, yeah. leaving a concert, the next morning, I wouldn't be able to talk. Oh, right. <laughs> God, I used to... I used to 
I used to headbang. That's what I would do. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. Would your neck hurt? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Sore like you wouldn't yeah, believe. Because yeah. you're simultaneously whipping it and holding it tensely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you don't it's realize things, yeah. until the next day what kind of damage you've done to your neck. I can't talk. <laughs> Excuse me? I can't talk. Uh, some other theories about people reacting emotionally to artists on stage, regardless of their gender, sexual attraction... Uh, oh, it says sexual attraction, thinking the artist speaks for and with them as well, and a sense of frustration from being so close to their idol, but yet so far away. You can't smell them. Let me ask you, what's the most emotional you've been at a concert where you've seen, I can't believe I'm seeing this, I told well I, I've told you, man, when I when I saw, the last time I saw Paul McCartney, yeah. and he opened with eight days a week, mm, yeah. and about... A third of the way, maybe not even that far into the song, maybe a quarter of the way into the song, I realized I started getting um, emotional. emotional. I started getting, yeah. tearing up. Like, I can't believe right. I'm hearing him sing this song. It sounds so good. It was a classic older Beatles song, and I was just, like, so happy to be there. My family was myth with me, and I started to get teared up, man. Well, it's, a, it's a cornerstone pop culture thing element of your life yeah and you're seeing it there live and he's alive in front of you doing yeah. it yes that was part of it it's amazing too. what about you uh you know what there was there was a, a genesis concert where they did um supper's ready mm -hmm. the full 22 23 minutes and i was like that sort of i can't believe mm -hmm. they're doing and they're doing it exactly the way i want them to do it. and i got i got teary anybody else I, actually, this year, um, because it was my first concert in like two plus years, I, I got to go see Eddie Vedder up at the Beacon with oh, Pierre. Oh, right, and, yeah. And so it's like it's my favorite artist, but it was that um, that collective feeling of being in the same room at the same time with a whole bunch of people who are also there for the same reason. So I, I was really happy to see Eddie Vedder, but it was just a really cool experience being out and about with so many people who were there for the same reason. Yeah, now, that's that communal that, thing. That it was a communal thing. Yeah. It got me. Did he make eye contact with you while you were crying? We made out. Oh, I can't God. believe Nick is here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to collect myself for a minute. <laughs> Folks, just give me a second. <laughs> oh, he got emotional. I had no idea. I, I just thought it was just you. right next to him. Nick and Pierre. <laughs> you can, folks. Give me a few minutes and then go backstage. Get my ass together. Man, he did a promotional video not that long ago. He was talking about uh, the Ukraine, Steve, oh, yeah. and just uh, I think they were doing something for Global Citizen and the way that Eddie speaks. <laughs> the way that you speak is exactly how Eddie speaks. It got, and, I, and I was like, this really serious message about this horrible thing happening on the planet, and I'm sitting there laughing because I'm thinking about you doing any better. And it's weird because it's just one of those ones you sort of fall into, but yeah. but it, it's kind of a neutral. It's not. It's just his, his pacing. I, 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 maybe it was Sunday, CBS Sunday morning, um, or, or he did an interview and he's so thoughtful, which is wonderful, but it makes for such a boring interview. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's oh, my God. Out. Now, Casey, if anybody's cried at a concert, I would think it would be you. You get really emotionally caught up in music. Uh, yeah. Fish, has had, you've had to have been communal with your with your buddies and all the, the many times you've seen Fish. You've had to have gotten emotional at a Fish no, concert, right? No, I mean, I'm, I'm usually pretty happy. Yeah. I don't... What, uh... about the, what about Coldplay? Nope. Really? Because mm -hmm. their songs can touch the emotions. Mill Carton Kids? Definitely. I haven't seen them in concert yet. Oh, they are right. coming to town soon, though. So, right. uh, so I'll check them out. I think they're coming to Wilmington. Right. So I'm going to check them out, and I will I will report back to you. But uh, never credit a concert. No, no, I'm a I thought you would have. Nah. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, in in some cases, uh, they uh, people also just feel like they relate so much to the artist and the message they're expressing that crying is a visceral response. By the way, here's a text that says, not even going to lie, 
I cried when I saw Evanescence for the first time at the MMRBQ a few years yeah. ago. Uh, That's from uh, Shauna uh, from Philly, who uh, just wanted to relay that information. So I could see that totally. I love that. When you are there and you're just, everything is going, like seeing you two at the link was certainly one of those moments as well. Yeah, I think yeah. I remember getting emotionally caught up when one time, not this last time, yeah. but I had seen them and they performed uh, Running the Standstill. Yeah, it's a great very emotional song. song and getting a little bit caught up in that. Uh, as well. So, but anyhow, there there are a few different reasons why you might have an emotional reaction when you're at a concert. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. All right. I noticed. You notice that? You notice that real good. I thank you. <laughs> really good at noticing. Uh, same. Um, you noticing what you noticed? Well, I just said the word um. You notice you don't want to say that, which I do a lot. Uh, rese- I do too. Researchers at Meta have released a software library to help developers build machine learning speech systems that sound more naturally, more natural with the ability to pause, laugh, or even make yawning sounds. So this is Facebook, Meta Facebook? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, that that system, yes. So the library contains components necessary to train its generative spoken language model, or GSLM, a uh, system introduced by the social media giant last year. Unlike most speech models that typically convert audio signals to speech first, GSLM handles raw speech directly. By doing so, it captures some vocal expressions that aren't explicitly expressed in text, like umming and aahing, tone, annotation, and rhythm. They're going to try to make things sound more natural from these voices, you know, these animated voices that uh. they're using. Um, so they're going to use things like interesting pauses and an ah, uh, an um, or even a yawn. Kyle Dunnigan, the comedian, we've had him on. He does a great bit about about these automated robotic systems that are supposed to. Hi, I'm calling to find out if you're interested. And and he he points out that they're trying to do things like that. Like, hmm, sounds like you need help. Right, right. So totally. there's little things that make it sound, and it still sounds yes. in an uncanny valley way wrong. Yeah. It sounds planted. Right, right, right. Uh, so they're going to work on on uh, getting those things to fa- sound a little bit more natural, which is not necessarily a good thing, I don't think. Because well, if you want to fake might... things and have a missile launch, it'll come in quite handy. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. I, I want to know if I'm talking to yes. a robot, you know. So Meta explained in a blog post, the key to this achievement is GSLM's ability to capture generic audio events irrespective of whether they are verbal, in particular, nonverbal vocalizations like laughter or yawning, which inform the expression and perception of emotional states or intentions that can mean... It's not a robot. It just farted. (laughs) It influences conversations. It it, it drives me crazy, and I'll I'll go to, um, you know, I'll I'll say uh, operator, agent, whatever, just to get it to go to that that thing to cycle through. I, I can't stand talking to a machine. Sometimes if it's easy, if I'm just... Checking something, a credit card activity or whatever, that's fine. But when you want, you want a human being on the other end of the line, and it just, it just confounds the issue. Do, do you end up yelling at the phone? Because I, oh, I do. I used yeah. to, and now I'm just, I'm, I don't want to make a robot cry. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. When I'm stuck in the automated system, and all I want to do yeah. is talk to a person, it, I'll, I'll end up yelling, Steve. I just like operator or you know, customer service. <laughs> exactly. Customer yeah. service. Kyle Dunnigan does the very goes agent, agent, agent. You are a robot. You will never know love. <laughs> and then I and I have like dropped an f bomb. Just get an effing person yeah. on the line, you know, or something like that. Or, yeah. Absolutely. And I know it doesn't help no. at all. Maybe it helps you. <laughs> helps me. Yeah. Preston, when you get the call and you, you're you're not quite sure, do you, do you have, because my, my ploy is to say, excuse me, what time is it? 
And it, it'll, it'll, it'll throw them. It'll throw them into a. That's there's a no good response idea. for that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, researchers demonstrated GSLM by crafting a completely made-up conversation uh, between two AI agents that sounds uncannily human. I've not heard it. No, but apparently they're getting closer and closer to. Look at the level of deep fake that they're pulling off now. Look yeah. at the level of voice. Um, mimicking that they're able to achieve it's pretty astonishing and i and i agree with you it's also chilling at a certain oh, yeah. level i haven't really seen too much deep fake stuff in a little while remember how for a while it was all the rage of, yeah. of of you know videos that were popping up on social media so what you're actually seeing is it employed with a lot of the de-aging stuff that you're seeing in movies yeah you're seeing uh like the, the mark hamill deep fake that they did for um uh the the mandalorian and, and uh the book of boba fett um it's pretty wild, and and, and in, a sh- in a short span, in under a year, they improved the technology tenfold. Mm. All right, let me see what else we got here. Um, what else you got? Notice, notice this one: police officers in the Garden State will be allowed to purchase and use marijuana just like anyone else, but only when they are off duty. Can they sell it? Uh, I don't From think the patrol so. cars? Uh, yeah, of course. They yeah, 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 they got they open up the trunk. They got a little display. What do you like? A little uh, bit of Pineapple Express. You heard that whole thing, right? The New Jersey Attorney General, Matthew Platkin, issued a memo Thursday alerting uh, police chiefs that law enforcement agencies may not take any adverse action against any officers because they do or do not use cannabis off-duty. Once so here's, he, once, the, here's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once it is officially and legally uh, yeah. for sale uh, in the state. Which is this week, right? It's it's four twenty. There's there's still more. Yeah, I don't know what the. See if you can look up the details on that. Bill Murphy said something on Twitter. I mean, he he was making like flat out um, statements about this. Go cop. Yeah, that's what he said. Uh, So yeah, they've just got a. I don't know how many places are going to open that you can buy it on the outset. That's going to be the thing until these places roll out where you can purchase it. Uh, But yeah, it may it may be uh, Casey. It says. Uh, let's see, uh, the memo was sent out a week before recreational weed sales are expected to begin in a handful of retail locations on the 21st, so so the day after 420. It it does make sense that the law of the state says that you can uh, uh, engage in it in a, in whatever manner you want, that you wouldn't penalize police officers for partaking. The way I look at it, cops can drink when they're off duty. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I I, I really personally don't see an issue with this at all. Uh, police officers are and will continue to be barred from possessing or using marijuana while on the clock or performing any work while under the influence. May I sub-notice something? Yes, please. Ah. So there, there was a um, there was a story. <laughs> sub-notice. Sub-noticer. <laughs> um, <laughs> sub-noticer. Tinier noticer. <laughs> there was a thing that came out, and I, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, was half listening, but it seemed to suggest that if people using a bong, Mm-hmm. That the um, secondhand smoke from a bong, which to me seemed kind of weird, because doesn't a bong sort of eliminate the smoke? Hold on, what do you say though? That that it was worse for you if you were getting that secondhand, secondhand smoke, smoke from from a bong as opposed to. And I was thought, I don't know. and I don't know where'd you hear this was, from. It was again, it was a half-assed listening thing. But I, I as you were just talking about pot in general, I was like, that to me caught me like, that seems weird. Isn't the whole purpose that that's sort of a, a filtering process? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, Isn't it more? More what? Smoke. Well, it <laughs> to explain, you, you get it in, in like a charge. So... Casey, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so, so I mean... Yes. As, as, as you're doing... 
All right, kids, gather around the radio. <laughs> As you're doing a bong hit, <laughs> set your bong decoder. There's essentially there's a, there's a, uh, a hole in in the in the tube. Right. Some people call it a carburetor or whatever it may be. Or there's a stem that you pull out of. Uh, uh, you pull the bowl out of the stem. So here's the deal. As you're drawing into this, oh my kids are listening. Uh, <laughs> they are the, the sm- in movies. The smoke builds up inside of the tube. It goes through the water. Okay. And it really doesn't reach your lungs until you either open up what we call the supercharger or carburetor, or you pull the stem out, and then you get in a big, okay. concentrated charge of smoke. So I thought that that... As co- opposed to a pipe where it's going, it's streaming in, okay. and, it, and it does cool the smoke off a little bit, from what I understand, as opposed to going straight from the heat source into your lungs. Yeah, I'm sorry for oh. being half... Half-assed on that. We, we have a weed expert. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked to this guy in a while. Go ahead and put him on hold. I know what he wants to talk about. Uh, he's a former intern of ours. Uh, we called him Gage because he has these uh, gauges in yeah, his ears. Real deal. Uh, and he ended up working in the marijuana. Just put him, go ahead and put him on hold. Just just put him on hold. Yeah. Uh, he ended up working in the marijuana industry. Yo, Gage, how you doing, man? Hey, hey what's up, Prezzo? Yo, bud. <laughs> All right. Are you still working in the business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still own a, a few licenses all over the country, uh, and uh, we actually have some applications in uh, in New Jersey for cultivation and for retail. Okay. Um, it is going to open up on the 21st. Unfortunately, uh, well, I mean, fortunately, right? People above the age of 21 are finally going to get to have cannabis without having to have a medical card. But unfortunately, what you're having is seven or so of the largest cannabis companies in the country are getting you know, anywhere from an 8 to 12-month advance on some of these other smaller companies that are yeah. still trying to become operational. So it's, yeah. it's interesting right. you mention this because I was talking to um, uh, someone about about this and how um, the, the, basically, as you'd imagine, the well-funded larger um, pot uh, growers and, and companies are just steamrolling sure. into smaller absolutely. and independent. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. It's just like anything else. I mean, we're talking, yeah. this is a multi-multi-billion dollar industry. Of course. Yeah. You have these larger companies that are going to make millions of dollars before the mom and pop shops can, but that doesn't change the fact that, you know, the nation is finally changing and, and some leniency is being being released to the people. And, and I know I know I'm excited for for New Jersey on the 21st, and, and I'm just proud to be part of this industry after such a long time seeing the change. It's funny, because you're proud, and I'm scared, personally. I'm, in, I'm 10 years sober, and I think the thing, the one thing that, that um, for me, mentally, uh, is a, um, a threat to my sobriety is the, the growing um, legalization wow. of, of um, recreational marijuana. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm happily sober right now, but when I hear this stuff, like, it... It scares me a little bit, it, yeah. you know, and I, I, I smell it more and more, and I see it more and more. Like, I was in New York City uh, two weeks ago, and people are just smoking blunts, and I'm not I'm not uh, casting any sort of judgment on it whatsoever. You're but like, from a for, personal for, point. For me personally, yeah. I'm like, shoot, man, you know, and, like, this and is... And of course, yeah, that's I, where people need to start being respectful, and, 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 you know, we have to understand that just because it's becoming legal, you don't walk around the street drinking a beer, you don't go to... Uh, random family parties smelling like alcohol. So, you know, there's it's got to be respectful around people like yourself that, you know, you've come off of a, a hard time and you put a lot of work into your sobriety. And, and just because it's legal now, we can't take advantage of that. So, Good point. We just need to, yeah. Gage, yeah. I have a question. I have a question real quick before you go. So uh, a texter, um, and it's really interesting to me see how, see how the different rules are in different uh, parts of the country, right? But apparently New Jersey is one of the only two states where you can, you can, you'll be able to buy it legally and smoke recreationally, but you still can't grow it. Is that accurate? 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a few states, Pennsylvania being one of them, where you're not allowed. You know, you're not you're not allowed to have home cultivation, right? Which is uh, very silly because I mean, it's not that people try to say that it's going to affect the market and it's going to be able to change the amount of sales, but it wouldn't. You know, home cultivation is true legalization, is true decriminalization, if you will. So we're not quite there yet. I think with federal legalization, some of these other states like New Jersey, like Pennsylvania, where you're not able to cultivate your own plants at home, like in Colorado, where you can have six plants in your basement. um, I think that'll change with federal legalization. But you're correct, Nick. You cannot cultivate uh, your own cannabis in the state of New Jersey. All right. And then one last one last question. Is secondhand bong smoke more dangerous (laughs) than standard secondhand weed smoke? You know, there's uh, there's hundreds of different um, <laughs> compounds in cannabis, oh. right? Not just the THC. So I don't want to say any secondhand smoke is good for you, but secondhand bong smoke is no more dangerous than secondhand joint smoke, okay. smoke. Yeah. No. That, sounds, that sounds right to me. All right. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Gage. Dad's Zook's buddy. All right, we'll see him. All right, listen, we got to wrap. Uh, that's all we have time Santa's to notice. Santa's got to go. Uh, Santa's got to go because... Santa's got to Well, we've got to... Uh, Santa's got to go. Uh, because we have to get to uh, MMR's concert camp. Yes. And we got to get to that as close to on time as we can. So that's with 10 minutes or so. So we will take a break. We'll come back and the Bizarre File is coming up. And then after that, Chris Jericho will be yeah. in the studio. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. And you can schedule their full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America, greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Not going to lie to you. Got some messed up stories in the bizarre file. Oh boy! It just happens that way sometimes, and we'll begin with a biggie. Police say, oh man, a Northwest Georgia man killed his grandmother by stuffing her in a freezer while she was still alive. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! This is really messed up. Police discovered the body of Doris Cumming, 82 years old, in the home that she shared with her grandson, 29-year-old Robert Keith Tincher. Tincher was charged with murder, aggravated battery, and concealing the death of another, and he remains in jail. Police said Cummings' family believed that she had moved out of state, but grew concerned after not hearing from her and reported she might be missing. Police said they believed that Cummings was injured in a fall in December, and then instead of getting her medical attention, Tincher dragged her through the home. Uh, Criminal charges say Tincher heard and saw numerous bones break, he then wrapped her in plastic bags and placed her in a large freezer with the charges saying that Tincher acknowledged her back broke going into the freezer. Oh, my God. Charges say that there was no altercation or provocation leading up to the act. So is there 
vivisection involved? It was no, 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 none of that. No. So, so Tincher continued living in the home with the body inside the freezer for months, but moved it to a storage unit in March, fearing that Cummings' body might be found. Tincher told police. He didn't want to call 911 because he was wanted for arrest because of terroristic threats made in 2018 against his wife. Yeah, it might hurt his reputation. Tincher also told investigators how much he loved his grandmother. He said that he was the only family member that gave him the courtesy, and she was the only family member that gave him the courtesy and love and attention he needed. Like a nice card, flowers. Wow! Overstuffing her in a refrigerator. So according to him, he you just um, yeah love you thought, to death. He would thought he he thought he would get in trouble because she fell and hurt herself, and so therefore he shoved her still alive in the freezer. Seems to make sense. And every time you go to get a sandwich, hi grandma. Wow. <laughs> All right, how about this story? A kindergarten class in Michigan accidentally consumed tequila during snack time. <laughs> one of the we kids, used to have pints of milk. One of the kids brought a bottle of ready-to-drink Jose Cuervo margaritas to Grand River Academy <laughs> Livonia in her backpack. Several students drank it. One kindergartner felt woozy and a little dizzy after having four or five sips from a Dixie cup. Uh, the kindergartners who drank the margaritas told their parents that they thought it was juice. Who's up for a round of Lincoln Logs? But the kindergartner who initially brought the drink uh, in knew that it was alcoholic. Well, okay. A mother, That's troubling. One of the kindergartners said the girl poured it in her cup and she drank it and the girl ended up telling her what it was and she went and told the teacher that there's liquor in this cup and the teacher gave her a funny face. Cuervo, neat. Uh, the school said uh, faculty called poison control when they learned that the children had been drinking margaritas. Which, by the way, so those pre-mixed margaritas, right. they're super duper sweet. That's what I've heard. And I could have, I could see a kid drinking it, right, and just saying it, just mainly tasting the sweet and going, "Wow, this tastes a little funny," right, with the booze being in there. But they are overly sweet. Uh, so apparently, uh, the. The school had said in a statement... Do you have uh, any kindergartner in you? Well, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You want some? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, they're getting tanked, Nick. It's all oh, you know, you're right. They're, they're all getting lubed Social up. Social barriers. Yeah. The, the things that should not happen... <laughs> The school said, while we try to keep an eye on everything our students bring to school, that's simply not possible. Uh, it's unfortunate that these types of adult beverages can be easily mistaken for child-friendly drinks. Uh, the school said parents were notified immediately and told that their kids were okay. Outraged parents are blaming the child's own parents. This reminds me of the story, uh, Casey, of was it your, your dad was drinking, oh, yeah, drinking a, a twisted tea. Oh, yeah. That's right. He, he thought, thought it was iced tea. tea. thought it was iced tea. In the morning. And you know what? Like, if you've ever had one, yeah. they yeah. just yeah. taste like iced tea. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. Uh, how about this, man? Three scientists were stranded on a rattlesnake-infested island in the Gulf of California for three days after a boatman who dropped them off last weekend failed to return. Oh, and wait till you hear about this place. Rattlesnake Island? Yeah, the marine biologist, two men uh, and one woman from La Paz, Baja, California, sir, hired a boatman to take them to San Bruno, C, uh, BCS, uh, to Isla Tortuga, which is the Turtle Island, last Saturday for a research trip. They also arranged for him to pick them up and take them back to the peninsula, but he didn't keep that end of the bargain. Wow. And it wasn't until three days later after the scientists reported missing that a naval vessel was dispatched to collect them from the island. Now, 
It is home to an endemic rattlesnake species commonly known as the Tortuga Island rattlesnake. Such is the ubiquity of the pit vipers on the island that it has been described as the biggest rattlesnake nest in the world. Oh, my God. Oh. What the hell? (laughs) They were left there for three days. And they were going, obviously, for research purposes, not for vacay. Yep. Uh, they didn't say how much food or water they had with them or whether they had any close encounters with the venomous snakes, but I can't wait to see a follow-up of this I would story. have to imagine, like, uh, around the afternoon when they all start rattling, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it must be cacophonous, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. All right, uh, we have to wrap up. It's kind of a short, bizarre file, but, uh, well, no, it's about the average time. Uh, we do have to take a break, but before we do that, you got about four or five minutes left to get our keyword for MMR's concert cash over to us. The word is MISS, M-I-S-S. So enter that now, and let's see if you can win within a few minutes. Uh, the reason we got to take a break now, we got a guest. Stand yeah. by. I'm stoked that the fact that Chris Jericho is by for it's another great. visit nice. this morning. He's in our, our Acme Lounge as we speak. And we'll have him in here in our studio when we return. So make sure you're with us. Stay put. WMMR proudly presents the return of Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids, Monday, May 2nd. Hey, everyone, we're back. So get your ponytails ready for the chopping block. It's for a great cause, Wigs for Kids. Their mission, helping children look themselves and live their lives. Two locations this year, Gravity Hair Salon in Plymouth Meeting and David Arnold Hair Salon in Jenkintown. Make sure you have at least 12 inches, preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. And with what's left, the amazing stylist from Gravity and David Arnold Hair Salons will craft you a great new do. All donors get a gift bag of products from True Beauty Concepts. So go to PrestonandSteve.com for ponytail guidelines to ensure you have a minimum of 12 inches, but preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. Then make your appointment to join us May 2nd. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. New album from Fozzie is called Boombox. May 6th is when it is out. Lead singer of the band, Mr. Chris Jericho, hey. is here with us this morning. Can, I just, can I just interject uh, how much I'm terrified of sinkholes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we de- dealing You're just driving down the road and a hole just opens up in the road and boom, and see where, you later. Where that sinkhole is, it's such a huge problem. There's been roads closed for That's years. Terrible. because so I And I live in the area. I had to get sinkhole insurance. There, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> I had one in my yard one time for years. It sucked, and we kept filling the thing back up. And, and every just, now and then, yeah. that's where you know you have no chance. You're just walking down the street, and a hole opens, and you're gone. Yeah, that's it. You're yeah. done. There's Your footage has been punched. I think it was China or was yeah. people walking on a residential. You're right. I know. Life. Hey, we're walking along. Gone. <laughs> the dust. Like, your so number's up. Yep. Yeah. The earth literally swallows. Swallows you all. That's why it's always good to have a new record coming out. <laughs> <laughs> feel better right. in case hey. any sinkholes come up. Uh, may I say, you look very fit and trim, sir. Did well, you, thank you, sir. Did, uh, getting ready for this tour, did you uh, get yourself in a, in a physical position? Uh, I, w- I kind of wanted to lose a couple pounds, and it's one of those things where I, you lose a few, and somebody says, hey, you're looking pretty good. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll continue to do that. Right. And now, I think for the first time ever on stage, I don't have a shirt. Ah. I'm, I'm like Anthony Kiedis. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of shirts, I noticed you're wearing a Stevie, Stevie Nicks yes. shirt this morning. She's That's awesome. Cool. I, uh, yeah, I'm a big Stevie Nicks fan. Um, still one of the greatest singers of all time. And as you get older and, and, and stay in, 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 the mu- in the music biz longer and longer, you realize certain singers are unique and will never, ever be replicated. And Stevie's uh, one of them. Chris, I'm, sure. I'm go- going through the same thing, with, and I'm in a big Stevie Nicks mode now because... 
also writer, songwriter. I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole story. The the uh, there's a story. Uh, it's I think it's uh, the Dave Grohl, uh, the, um, the the recording studio Sun documentary, studios, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. And they they talk about uh, when they when Fleetwood Mac was forming uh, the current or the most current iteration, and Lindsey Buckingham. Well, okay, I'll join, but you got to take my girlfriend. And he sort of begrudgingly said, "Whatever, whatever." <laughs> and then she became the hit machine for the band. And now she's at the point where she takes a stand where listen, I'm not doing the band without Lindsey. And so now Lindsey's out of Fleetwood Mac. She got her revenge fifty years later. Steve and I love listening to the live record that they had out a, a few years ago called The Dance. And and I was yeah. listening to it yesterday, and it Stevie's voice is just unbelievable. But then you hear like Chrissy McVie has a really pretty nice yeah. voice. Sitting next to Stevie, no. it's, it's unfair. <laughs> no chance. It's like George Harrison and the Beatles. You're right. a great songwriter. You're a great singer. You're just in a band with the two best songwriters <laughs> of all time. You don't have a chance. You said the same thing. And it, well, you, the thing we, we we love many things about you: your commitment to um, you know to, to rock, to, to classics, not you know classic sounding rock band with the, the sort of anthemic thr- thrust that you guys have. But but it's it's and you know remembering all the different career options that have been available <laughs> to you. You've been in movies. You've written books. You've obviously your your wrestling career. Does it still at this point in your life? Because I think music probably is your main passion. I'm going to have to guess that's your main passion. That this is still something that you're able to do and deliver at and be creative at at this point in your life. Well, I mean, I, both passions is, is, is equals wrestling yeah. and music, and it's always been that way since I was a kid. You know, and, and we've discussed this before when people say, "So when did you decide you wanted to be in a band?" And it's like the same time I decided I wanted to be a wrestler huh. when I was about thirteen years old. My my high school band was called Scimitar, <laughs> and the T in Scimitar was a, was a curved sword like Sinbad the Sailor. That's what a Scimitar is. Right. Dude, mine was called Tyrant Ta- what, when dude, I was in junior high. Really? There yeah. was like fifty tyrants. <laughs> there was a tyrant in Winnipeg. So there were tyrants everywhere. <laughs> but, but but so I've always had that that uh, that goal and that dream and and even the song I still burn that you, that you guys just just played it does relate back to those types of feelings of having this goal and having these dreams that you wanted to accomplish these passions and getting knocked down and still getting back up again and making them happen and that's kind of what we've all done in this room anybody yeah. can can relate to that that's ever had a goal and a dream of something they wanted to accomplish there's such a synergy between rock and wrestling there really is yeah. and, and so I mean. I mean, one of the great things we talk about all the time when you, you know, I, I don't care who, how reticent someone is to go see uh, a wrestling, like a, a WWE, like, and your your stuff. AEW. AEW, too. Yep. Any of that stuff is, is just, um, you're going to be, you're going to be pulled in. And a lot of it is the sound and the rock and the, and everything, the presentation there. There is that same energy. Well, it's all connecting with the audience. Yeah. That's, that's the secret of being a live performer. And whether you're doing it in, in wrestling like I do or music like I do, if you're a stand-up comedian, if you're a, a Shakespearean actor, whatever it may be, if you can connect with the audience and engage them with what you're doing, You'll always have fans. You'll always have them wanting to, to buy a ticket to come see you. And that's the true secret. When I started wrestling, I wanted to be the ultimate rock and roll front man <laughs> in a wrestling ring. The Paul Stanley of wrestling or the Mick right. Jagger, the Dave Lee Roth. And then when wrestling, when, when the Chris Jericho character became more prominent using all of those techniques, I put them back into Fozzie. So it's all rock and roll based about being a great front man and making sure that people have a great time no matter what the situation is. You mentioned a few names there, and uh, we we had this uh, we had this uh, music uh, battle thing a little while a few weeks ago here on MMR, and uh, we were recruiting bands, and uh, I had said that I I wanted 
<clears throat> I said the greatest front man of all time, and so we chose Queen and Freddie Mercury. And then our our midday jock uh, Pierre's like, "Well, I beg to beg to differ." So he went with uh, he went with uh, Mick Jagger, yeah, who he's considered the great. And I, and I started to analyze a little bit of them, like, well, why do I like Freddie Mercury a little bit more than than I do Mick? Because Mick is probably one of the great. He, well, he is well, without question one of the greatest front men of all time. But he does the danceless party. Let's have a good time. But Freddie was this basking in his glory. But let me weigh in two on this, different styles. Let me weigh on this, yes. Preston. Here's the reason why Mick is the greatest frontman of all time, and there is no other answer. Because, <laughs> but let me. But let, listen to my point, though. Yeah. Because Mick, I just saw Mick in November in Atlanta. He's just as yeah. good now, and I'm not saying that. Oh, he's good for a '78. No, he is good for any era to this day. You are talking about their next tour. Think about this: yeah. Rolling Stones '60. Yeah. yeah, you know what the sixty means? That's how long they've been a band. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody can can ever beat that. Just because I mean, Freddie was the greatest, but Freddie also passed passed away. He's you know, let himself third. go. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He's nothing but skin and bones. Right? Too soon. Too soon. But so I think I think I agree with what you're saying. But to me, Mick, the fact he's still doing it at the highest of levels, the longevity that the Stones have, and Mick also basks in his own glory as well. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. The jackets he puts on constantly for the show is amazing. <laughs> so I, I think I think just because of of that. Uh, longevity that he has, you can't really beat so that. What do you like to bring to the stage as far as a front man goes? I mean, like I said, it's just it's just a, a real vibe of making sure that people have a great time. We have a lot of anybody that's seen Fozzie knows. I mean, every time we play uh, WMMR, yeah, the MMR, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. The, the secret is you want people engaged, chanting Fozzie, clapping, singing, jumping up and down, whatever the tricks are. We use all of them because when people come to our gig, they know that they're going to be run through the ringer of of entertainment and crowd involvement and all that stuff is very important. People just want to be involved. They we, want to sing along. We were just having a discussion earlier about uh, there was a, a study that was done about why <clears throat> some people have an emotional connection to a concert and why they might have emotional outbursts like crying yeah. and things right, like that. Right. So I'm sure you have diehard fans and you'll see that yes. in the crowd. Um, what what do you what are you thinking? I mean, you've made seen it enough now where you're a little jaded to it. But when you see somebody who's having an emotional you know, reaction yeah. to what you're doing on stage. I, I never get jaded to that. I meet okay. people all the time, and they, they burst out crying. Um, and I think it's because, like, I, I know, like, I met when I met Hetfield for the first time, gosh, it was probably 15 years ago now. I had tears, yeah. and I'm a grown <laughs> you, man. You can't believe it. You can't believe yeah. that you're actually seeing this guy up close and personal because music goes beyond just turning it on and, you know, banging your head or, or you know, you put the top down, you drive. It, there's there's emotional connection. It helps you through. It's like it's therapy. It helps you through terrible times. You know, there's songs that I listened to when my parents got separated and divorced when I was 16, 17 that I still hear it and makes you feel good. And I think when you meet somebody like that in person or even, you know, for, for me from the rest standpoint when you've been in somebody's lives for a long time you indirectly help people uh, through the battles of their life and i think it's you true. have to understand that when people see that sometimes it is very emotional people sometimes don't know what to say and you might think oh that guy's being rude that guy's sure is quiet they're nervous they don't know what to do they don't know how to react and you just learn that after a while and you just have to give people some slack and know it's okay if you don't know what to say because i don't know what to say if i ever meet you know paul mccartney as well or whatever maybe well, speaking of that 
tie that into the fact now that people are loving to get back to the, to concerts. And we were talking, you know, before you came on, and you're saying like you're yes. getting like crazy levels of walk up walk-ups, now, yeah. which is like like thirty five percent. I mean, last night was thirty five percent walk up, which anybody it's, in the business knows is absolutely ridiculously crazy. Yeah, that's that's wild. It just means people are like, okay, can I go? Let's go. They're waiting. Yeah, yeah. they're waiting to see if there's any new, you know, yeah. uh, if there's any murder hornets showing up. <laughs> those, those poor murder hornets really never got their due. They no, never did. No, I feel no, bad for yeah. them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the last week and the last couple days and the day of is just going uh, going through the roof, which has been great to see. Yeah, that's awesome. What happens on the day or the night when you show up at the show and you just like, what do you do when you just don't feel it and you need to get motivated, like to get, uh, knowing that you need to put on a show because you, you had a rough night the night before or your voice isn't quite there yet? Like, how do you motivate yourself to get up every night and perform every night? Something that, that D. Snyder said years ago always resonates with me. It's like, you might feel like crap, and you might not feel it, or you might not be happy, or you might not in a good mood, but you have to equate the people that show up to that gig, they've been waiting a month, two months, a year, five years. Who knows how long it's been, it's been since they've been waiting to see Chris Jericho, waiting to see Fozzie. And they are excited, and they've had the babysitter, and they've got the parking, and they've got the ticket, and they've bought the shirt. Leave all that pretentious crap behind you and get out there and rock. Yeah. And make sure that people have a great time. I'm sorry if you had a bad day, Chris. I'm sorry if you stayed up till 6 in the morning drinking Grey Goose and listening to Iron Maiden. <laughs> Suck it up, bitch. And, and put on a show. That's your job. No, agree. Uh, I had a question. You guys played, uh, you were in Delaware on Saturday. You played Poughkeepsie last night. You're playing, what, Virginia tonight? Leesburg, Virginia. Leesburg, Virginia tonight. So here's my question for you. That that takes a special kind of person. And there are people who are good musicians but and maybe want to do this for a living, but maybe can't handle that type of a schedule. <laughs> have you seen people that have gone in it with the best of intentions? I love music. I'm a good musician. But I can't, I can't do this, man. This is too much, you know? Yeah, being on the road isn't for everybody. You know, and for me, I've been, been on the road for 30 years, so it's just... It's just a way of life for you. Yeah, do. Don't, yeah. Both your main occupations involve it's road just, travel. It's, it's what the, you do. It's the way it is. So yeah. I don't see it the same as other people do. Like if you said, hey, Chris, uh, they want you to come play in London tomorrow. Uh, you got to leave tonight. You land at 7 a.m. You go through customs. You get to the gig. You sleep on the floor of the, the venue or the couch. Play the show and leave right after because you got to be back in Philly the night, the night after that. Yeah. I'd say, sure, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So you think differently. It isn't easy. <laughs> Being on the road isn't easy. Uh, and no matter what level it is, you know, we travel pretty pretty nicely for, for our band. Uh, if you're in the Stones, you travel even more nice. It doesn't matter. It's still planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. You know, it's still not your bed. So it does take a special type of person. That's why having longevity in show business is a rare thing because it is not for everybody. Do you ever get to stay in a hotel or is it just in the yeah, bus? Yeah, we stay in the hotel quite okay. often. How, yeah. how good are you with check-in, check-out, and being efficient and packing and all <laughs> that stuff? I'm good with that. But the one thing that I have to do, I started, I, I always... Text myself the room number. Yes. The reason, yes. 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 The reason for that is because a lot of times, if you check in from one hotel to the next, next, you don't know what room you're in. And you find yourself just on an elevator <laughs> randomly. And then you Four, got and, three. It, it, yes. Here's the best. You go to the front desk. Excuse me, sir. Can you tell me what room I'm in? And they look at you like you're crazy. Like, I have no idea what room I'm in. Is it like the people at the Hyatt are going, did you know that Chris Jericho is the elevator operator here? <laughs> he doesn't even know what room he's in. He's wasted. No, I'm not wasted. I just don't know what room I'm in. So what, what are the best amenities uh, to get in a hotel? Like, you get in a room, you go, oh, they got robes, you know? Or is there, is ne- Never been a robe guy. Not a robe uh, guy. Yeah. It's always good to have the little uh, 
liquid soap is nice. Okay. The, body, the body wash. Right, yeah. Because yeah. 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 I throw that into my uh, little toilet. Your Sometimes they have it. little dispensers in the shower. They do. That, yeah. and that, I find that's a little bit ghetto. Like okay. Because you never know. That soap could have been there for five years. Right. <laughs> For me, though, the, the biggest one now is as, 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 uh, is the coffee. Yeah. I like yes. the nice little coffee machines that come yeah. with either the little Keurig little uh, capsules or the little bag, like the little bag yes. of coffee, and you put it in there. Yeah. And I'm always like, you got to put the water in the back, but you got to put the right amount. If not, it just comes out, it fills the cup, and just keeps going, yeah, yeah. and it makes a mess. Mm-hmm. So it becomes kind of a little bit of a challenge. Can I make a good cup of coffee <laughs> in this hotel tonight? All right, do you take advantage of the Continental Breakfast? Yes, I do not. Yeah, I don't worry about the All I want is, is a coffee machine and an ice machine <laughs> close to me where I can get some ice and have a drink after the show. And as long as I get that, I am fine. Awesome. That's all I need. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Chris Jericho uh, from, of course, the band Fozzie. The new record is called Boombox, coming out on May 6th. What number album is this for you guys now? Like 15, something uh, like It's that? actually number eight. Number, okay, number eight, I know you've yeah. been around for at least 15 years, right? We have been, yeah. And actually, yeah. this record, uh, Judas, came out in 2017. So now we're going on five years between records. And that wasn't supposed to be the case. We were actually calling this album Chinese Fozocracy for a while. <laughs> You want to hit the fourteen-year mark? It took yeah. so long. Yeah, we started recording this in May of 2019, and then of course the pandemic came, and then we actually have had it finished, mixed, and mastered, and done for a year. But I didn't want to release a record. None of us did during kind of the last bits of lockdown. Uh, can we do touring? Can we go to radio stations and be in studio? Uh, so now the timing is right, had, and May six is perfect. A number of musicians that sort of just sat on stuff they had ready to go. Yeah. Right at the beginning, because I don't want to have this just be inert and not be able to, to support That's right. it and play it for people. That's I mean, ACDC Power Up record they put out last year is one of my favorite ACDC records ever. Right. It's, I think it's great. They still haven't toured on it. Listen, that's ACDC. They can do that. We didn't want to do that because we really love this record, Boombox. We believe in it. There's already two top ten singles from it with I Still Burn is out already as well. It's a different business model than the way it used to be. Before you'd put the record out and the single comes out the same day and then you got six months to promote it. You can promote a record for five years now and just keep putting out content and singles as you go, and that's the smart way of doing it. Are you a band that composes on tour, or do you have to come off tour and... and... Yeah, we've never been that way. It's yeah. like, Touring is touring, and I think, you know, Rich Ward uh, writes a lot of riffs and kind of puts them in the riff bank, but as far as writing songs, we kind of tour and then write, but... There is still a little bit of that, but usually when you're off in between uh, legs of the tour, shall right. we say. In a nod to the title of the album, any chance that you, since it's Boombox, you guys are going to release this on cassette uh, for old school? That'd be a great idea. Right? Check this out. I just got this in the mail the other day. I get packages sometimes from different places, and it was a package from Aerosmith. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they've just put out uh, some kind of a... Uh, a record from 1971, like their original tracks or something. I can't remember what it was called, right right from the start or something. And the package had the, the LP, a T-shirt, a cassette, and a cassette player. Oh. One of those old school oh, cassette that, players that's, yeah. you know, about about a foot long. And I was like, that's really smart. Yeah. So maybe we should do the same and put it on a cassette for we, people we, who have players. Were you a Max L or a TDK guy when you were... Uh... I liked the Max L because you could do a 90-minute. Yes. <laughs> and I would make a 90-minute mixtape, 45 minutes aside, you could really stock it full of uh, it, all your favorites. It's hilarious that that became sort of the retro... Cassettes have had their thing. Now, A-tracks have become retro. 
Castro again. Well, check this out. So we were in uh, uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania the other day, and there was a record store there that was selling a bunch of cassettes. And in that basket or box of cassettes, there was random uh, mixtapes that people had oh, made. Wow. And, so, oh, and I told the guys, like, dude, I've got like 20 mixtapes. I'm going to send them all to you. Whoa. Make Chris Jericho's mixtape. I think people would be would dig totally. that. Totally. Yeah. All right. What, I have to ask then. Okay, mixtapes. Did you generate more mixtapes uh, to get a girl or just to have your own specific? <laughs> well, because I would travel, like we mentioned, I've been yeah. traveling on the road since 91. So back in those days, you didn't have every single uh, song ever uh, written on your phone right you would have to pick and choose so i would make these long mixtapes to throw into my little box of you could take 30 with you in a little suitcase <laughs> right. but if i made the mixtapes that would put a lot of variety to so i would make them for myself okay and the big one that i made was ballad salad yeah. <laughs> ballad salad <laughs> volumes one through five and these were these were songs that like they weren't ballads per se they were songs that made me feel a certain way like if a chick dumped me or something i remember cold shot right by steve ray Vaughan was wow. on ballad salad like yeah. just that you listen to nice. just like makes you feel good be like F this chick. Yeah. Her fault, not mine. She can't take it. Ballad salad. Ballad, I love that. Uh speaking of songs that you like, uh Marissa. There you go, by the oh way. yes, there you go. great song. What a riff, right? Oh my god. Yeah. Just slow and dirty. Yeah. Love it. Stevie Ray was the man. Uh he, he's could be the greatest guitarist ever. He's yeah. up there. Yeah. Once again, if he was still with us and was still be able to make oh. great music, right? Uh, you know what, Marissa, speaking of, of songs that you like while you were in the hallway, she said that your uh, a ringtone or an alert went off on your phone, <laughs> and it was a Scorpion song. The Zoo. It was The Zoo. <laughs> the Zoo. Excellent. My the favorite Scorpions song. could be, I look back at me as, as uh, you know, junior high the Scorpions, and and even though Eddie was the the guitar god, I think the band that I air guitared most to was the Scorpions. Scorpions? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the solo and still loving you, and obviously uh, Rocky like a hurricane. And this one, I would just stand in front of a mirror and just rock out to it. Man, this is a great riff too. Super heavy, all chunky. You know. That's another thing. Like we we use, you mentioned the tricks that we use. There's a lot of Scorpions tricks that Fozzie uses on stage. Scorpions are still always really into the choreography and all four guys coming together and people love that stuff. Oh, and doing nobody. The, uh... Yeah, yeah, uh, that, 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 that sort of thing, stuff. But even, even just coming together at certain parts right. as a band. I love that. People love it, and yeah. not a lot of bands do that. And that's one thing, what's old is new. Anything you can pull from a band like the Scorps, for example, it always works. Because we have a whole new generation of fans coming to see Fozzie that maybe don't even know who the Scorpions are, or haven't seen the Scorpions, or forget. And when you do those little things, it always stands out, and people remember it. If it's a subtle thing, it's like, that was cool when, when they did that thing, when they all came together. Like, I used to love Love that so it's with the Scorps. People can tell it's either you're, you're bringing back nostalgic memories or it's the first time they've ever seen it. Like, yeah, it's just something that's cool. You got to be a fan of Steel Panther, right? Yeah, we've toured with yeah, Steel yeah, Panther yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah, they're they're always they're great guys too because they uh, Steel Panther was the end of the road for them. Yeah, they'd been around mm-hmm. for years and and they were like, listen, let's just do a fun project and kind of make fun of the '80s. And here they are playing arenas. So they're not dicks in any way, shape. No, or they're great because they realize how lucky they are. And also, they're a great rock and roll band. They they play great hooks. They're great guys. So it's it's always cool to to hang with them and play with them. Well, you guys, when when you find something and, and listen, you you know the band's been together for a long time and you have your style and those core those moves that you that you know work. But will you? 
where you have like a little post show from time to go and, and go, man, that really, that yes. what we did really worked. Yeah, and sometimes you stumble on things. Um, yeah. We used to have this big long intro tape. It was like kind of a, a war pigs cross with from three hundred, like a like an orchestral thing. It was about a minute and a half, two minutes long. And I remember just this last tour, we were playing a festival, and you get you know forty minutes, and you don't want to waste you know three minutes of it as uh, of an intro. So we just said, let's just walk on stage. It's like something Van Halen in eighty one. We'll come on stage and just just like oh they're on oh they're on stage. Yeah, and it worked so well. That we just do that now. We play Don't Stop Believing" as the intro. And as soon as Don't Stop Believing" is fading out, we just walk on stage. And it's one of those things that no one expects because there's always some kind of an intro. Yeah. And that's something, like we, like you said, we just stumbled on it. It really worked. And we said, let's just keep that as part of our show. Once again, it's a super unique intro that no one uses. Just wander on stage. Here we are, guys. Nice. Are you ready? And boom. Kick, kick in. I love that stuff. Recently also, and Peter Gabriel did it a couple of years ago, and, and leaving the arena lights up. For, for certain, right. So, so you're seeing everything, I, I, and it's yeah. it's kind of all those things when you're taking the time to change it up and to let's try yes. this. The audience appreciates it. I think for the most part they're like, "Hey, man, this is something different." And so when you go, as you said, you got the babysitter. You're, you spent your money. You're going to do the deal. You're going to have a good time. There's so many bands, especially now everyone's out on the road touring again. Anything you can do that stands out and and, and uh, is unique. Is worth doing. Yeah. That's some advice. By the way, a number of people have texted in and would like to purchase Ballad Salad. <laughs> uh, when that is I got available. something here. <clears throat> I, I, you never know, man. You never know I with think me. you do. I will market it. I if love there's a way idea. to market it, I will market the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, a text from somebody else that says, please tell Chris uh, his What's Your Favorite Horror Movie interview with Dead Meat was oh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, what what was that all about? Sleepaway Camp Two. Sleepaway Camp Two yeah. with uh, Bruce yeah. Springsteen's sister. <laughs> you know is, it. Yeah, Pamela Springsteen. <laughs> I love both of those. Uh, They're so one and two. Yeah, yeah. But when they, the, I don't want to give it away. The reveal when you see it, and and as the legend and lore goes, but she's the wonderfully one. psychotic. Yeah, in the first. Yeah, one she's great. It was, yeah, the second one, Pamela Spring, also uh, starring uh, Amelia Estevez's sister, Renee Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> There was another Estevez? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a third one. Absolutely. Charlie and then Charlie Emilio. Sheen, Emilio, and a Rene Estevez. All right, away from Sleepaway Camp 2, what's your, what's, your, what's your second favorite? I think the greatest horror movie of all time is the original Halloween. It still gets me to this day. The suspense in that, yeah. the way it's written, uh, the music, obviously. Uh, it, I don't think it gets much better than that. Although, if I had to face Halloween, it would be a, another John Carpenter, The Thing. The Thing is, again, yeah. so uh, <clears throat> staggering. I love watching Guillermo del Toro talk about the first time he saw The Thing yeah. in Mexico City. That they, they could not believe, as we all could, we could not believe what we were seeing. Yeah. It's, just, it's just amazing. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well, so, uh, you know... We're huge MacGruber fans, Casey uh, and I. Nice. Uh, did, did we? Obviously, you blew up in a van in the first one, but 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 is, <laughs> it, have they contacted they, you? They they contacted the me to use some footage from the original. From, yeah. from, and I was like, just put like make Frank Corver's twin brother Hank Corver. Right put me on the show. Come on, Forte. <laughs> Come on, Yarma. Uh, that is a movie that uh, is 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 a cult favorite. Shall we say? Oh my God. I went to Saturday Night Live and and saw the show and they have an after party and it was Halloween and John Mayer came up to me dressed as a stormtrooper <laughs> and started talking to me in some like really strange uh, lines and I realized he was quoting my part in MacGruver <laughs> verbatim. Oh it's his favorite movie of all time. That's how John Mayer and I became friends because of my uh, five minute part in MacGruver. It's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny how those things transcend. It's something that 
and, yeah. and 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 you know that yeah. everyone involved in that i'm sure it's just it's an amazing sort of feather in your cap to have mcgruber yeah it, it is it's, it's actually pretty funny um to think about it because they said from the start this movie's probably going to bomb in the theater <laughs> but in the in, in in the long run it'll be a cult classic well, they, and that's what it is just renewed it so they had one season on peacock right they're doing a second i'm season. still around i Come know on. <laughs> by the way hank corver with the uh, with streaming services and the way uh you know people consume uh shows now like living on the road uh you guys can you can watch anything anytime if you want to. Is are there any band shows? You guys have any shows that you watch and talk about, or we, is everybody we, doing their own thing? We got into the movie. Uh, t- speaking of horror movies, the movie X that just came out by Ty West. It's is a, it good? It's really creepy. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's I, really I want to check it out. Yeah. yeah, it's like a horror movie porno almost, but it uh, it's okay. really, it just came out. I think this week on on demand. It's really good. <laughs> they're making like a like a no budget porn movie, and they they they, they and there's just... a, a creepy uh, husband and wife, old people that live. Uh, next door. This guy's on it, man. Your producer's already showing X here. Yeah, we got clips of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. And, and so stuff like that. We don't really watch stuff as as a as a band. Yeah. We listen to a lot of music as a band. Okay. We we really enjoy And you agree for that. the most part on what you, I mean, We do, but there's yeah. a lot of different like 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 Rich loves seventies funk and seventies <laughs> uh yacht rock. Our bass player PJ used to be in Trickster oh, back in the no day. Way, really? yeah, we listen to a lot of that late at night wow. just to check it out. You know, Trickster. we listen to a lot of you know new stuff, whatever's coming out. We have been really into the new Chili Peppers album. So yeah, we just kinda of put on music before the show, after the show and, and, and hang out and that's good fellowship time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, well, listen, you guys are you're on the road. You're headed out, but the album is coming out on May 6th. We want to make sure that everybody knows you can pre-order Boombox. Very cool. You can do that at FozzyRock.com, and I'm sure you can get it uh, on the Yeah, we, have, we appreciate your support of I Still Burn, too. It was the number one most added song on rock radio in the States. And I always say this, I never realized how important rock radio still is until we started getting played on rock radio. It's the number one most important thing that drives our band. It helped Judas go gold, and WMMR has always been a huge supporter of ours, and we thank you guys. Seriously, that's not just lip service, it's the truth. No, no we and, we, and we know you're you're legit about that. We've had enough encounters, and, and it's Gosh, I've been in here long, time time so many times. <laughs> my it's the best. <laughs> it is the best. Great, so. All right, well, listen, man, good luck with everything, and we're, Thank you. we're so happy you're still killing it. So. Yes, we're excited when you invite us back to uh, WMMR uh, Fest. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Barbecue, yeah. Yeah, barbecue, yeah. Barbecue. Last time we played with uh, with the Struts, and it was awesome. So yeah. we're waiting. <laughs> Give us a call. We yeah. will. Us. We will. Fozzie, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Jericho. Hey! New album is Boombox. Get it today. We'll be back in just a moment. 93.3 WMMR presents Concert Cash. You could win 500 bucks. Plus a pair of tickets to the MMRBQ May 21st. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash sounder. When we'll give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. The official rules and details at WMMR.com. Free MMRBQ tickets and cash to blow at the show. On merch, adult beverages, or whatever you want. It's MMR's Concert Cash. Sponsored by AAA Distributor on Grant Avenue. In stock, kitchen, bath, and flooring products. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Hey, real quick, I'd like to do a uh, shout-out. It's an email uh, that I got from uh, Kevin Mulholland, and it says, uh, Hey, hope all is well. Uh, well-deserved break, guys, but uh, if there's any chance when you get back, I'd like to get a shout-out from my friend Paul. 
uh, Parmalee. Uh, when you guys get back, I'd appreciate it. He's won a few times at the Christmas Miracle Show, called a few times about uh, possums or something. <laughs> uh, generally, the biggest fan of your show, I know, but he was unfortunately struck by a car. Oh, oh my God. Last yeah. week in Havertown. What? Uh, getting off a bus and crossing Westchester Pike. Broken leg, few other injuries, and a touch-and-go situation in the hospital oh uh, or hopefully all behind him. Uh, anyway, if you could do a shout-out uh, for Paul, uh, it would really lift his spirits, and I completely understand if it's not possible. Uh, that said, Paul works for PBS as a photog and was in the studio a few weeks back, and I've attached a picture of him and Jackie together. Uh, oh, he is a huge fan of our yes, show. Yeah, I know yes. him. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thanks for making our mornings brighter, especially Paul's. And that's from Kevin. So a shout out, okay, please. Say, uh, you want to give him a special one? Yeah, let's give him a special one. Okay, right. we'll give him a special one. Come on. Yeah! Uh, so I was talking with Paul, and he is doing great. Uh, he was recovering at Lankanal. He's at uh, Bryn Mawr Rehab right now, and he's going to be there for a few weeks. So he just wants to focus oh. on his therapy. Or right. But, yeah, I reached out to him, and he's doing all right. Very good. Very good. Oh, and a heads up. Uh, Kathy's Cuts, Wigs for Kids, sold out. Nope. Oh. Yes. Filled up to the brim. Now, you never know. There might be some cancellations between now and then. Yeah, and I think when there's cancellations, um, Eric will open up the spots online, so you can keep checking back. If if something opens up, it will pop up. It won't live there long, but uh, yeah, keep checking the website if you missed out on it. Okay, so that's Monday, May second. So uh, yeah, take a look back, and uh, maybe a spot will open up if you have been wanting to do that. But people love being a part of that. Uh, They've been waiting uh, that charity event. Which so is, good to have it back. Yeah, really cool, dude. May second. That's yeah. May the second be with you. Yeah. May it. Yeah, it's April 18th. We are, it's just, uh, the, the warm stuff is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. We had uh, we had a uh, vacation. Obviously, we took uh, last week off. Weather was good. Which was wonderful. It was decent. Yeah. It was decent. We, there, there, there were a couple days that were really cold, but um, it's getting on the way there, which is pretty awesome. So, uh, but uh, anybody do anything fun, interesting? I did something that off? was, uh, that uh, Kathy, I know, would approve of. I did oh, I massive that. amounts of spring cleaning. <laughs> And organizing. I did organizing. I did the Casey. I did the whole lawn. I did reset the yard yeah. for the spring. I did uh, the, uh, at the you know, the top of the stairs going down to the basement. We have these shelves overflowing. I've got a little baskets for everything, Kathy, and put that in. <laughs> Closets. <laughs> I did the whole damn thing and, and just threw out tons of stuff. Goodwill. And I, I don't care if you say, is that the way you burn up your vacation? Yes, because I'm a better person now Wait, after. But don't you feel, I didn't feel you great. feel good when it was yes. over? Yes. And, and my wife, she, 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 she's going to I can't believe how wonderful this looks. Thank you so much. Let me ask you this. Where after you were done, yeah. would you still go back and look at the things that you oh, did yeah. and just kind of bask <laughs> in the glory? Times. I know, right? I've walked out to the garage like 14 times. I, I and re- I have it on a monitor, too. I redid my unfinished uh, side of my basement several weeks ago. Yeah. And I would just keep going downstairs to just kind of mm. look. Yeah, yeah. And then and I just walked, hang out and so just good. be there. There was yeah. a piece like a cardboard had <clears throat> fallen off, off the sh- shelf. And the, and I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Look, pick that up. We gotta um, keep it clean. Yeah. Well, so I had a similar vacation, uh, Steve. You're Nick over there. I'm Nick. Ne- uh, uh, but I started <laughs> and didn't. I did. I started and didn't finish four different projects. Oh, so no. I'm feeling uh, a little wonky oh. right now because of that. I. Uh, by the way, I, I. So I painted the front side of my house. Uh, what I didn't know 
is that there are... It sh- wasn't your house. <laughs> it wasn't my house. No, that A, uh, there are different shades of white. I had no idea that there were different shades of white. Oh. Yeah, remember uh, the story I had a little while back of me accidentally molding? using the ceiling paint and the, yeah. and the molding paint? So I was uh, told <laughs> to get one sh- uh, shade to match something. And even though my wife told me that, and I remember her telling me that as I was on my way back from uh, you the... got something different. I got it. I took a different sample. Whiter sheet of pale? She wanted me to match the white to the flashing on the window. Uh. And even during that conversation, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'll just grab a sample from the uh, the railing. And she's like, no, not the railing, the flashing on the window. I felt like Baby Groot at the end of Gardens of the, uh, of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. that bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. So I'm, I'm literally pulling up to the house. I go, okay, yeah. And, and they were able to match the uh to, to the uh the railing she's like no the flashing i told you the flat i was like and i yelled i was and i was i was yelling to her not at her she thought i was yelling at her and i'm like no 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 i'm mad at myself because i know that you said the flashing but i just did something completely so you, it was not good for you so whereas that. i was very productive yeah you were not at all i can't i am incapable steve of going to the hardware store just once. I'm yeah. just incapable oh, yeah. of doing it. That's uh, anybody doing oh, a project. I bought a table saw, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so I bought, Steve, what I thought was a hammer drill. <laughs> okay? I got to, uh, right. and I'm trying to drill into that's, uh, project number two. Absolutely. I'm trying to drill into cement. I've, and I, so I buy this thing I that, I, that I think is a hammer drill. It is not a hammer drill. And as I'm sitting there drilling, I go, man, this thing sucks. It's not what I saw on YouTube last night. It doesn't night. act like a hammer at all. <laughs> no. In fact, no. It's actually more like a spoon. I picked the box next to the hammer drill that I wanted to buy. What would you get? Uh, just a regular a gerbil drill. Tra- just a hammer. <laughs> a hammer trail? A hammer trail. It sounds like hammer. But what's funny is the lady that I was buying it from, she goes, make sure you hang on to the receipt because if you need the returning, I, I go, I, go, I guarantee you. I'm sorry, I'll... I'm married. <laughs> I go, I guarantee I'll see you again. I go, this is just what I do. And sure enough. 45 minutes later, I'm walking back into the store. I go, what did I tell you? You know? And so I ended up getting the hammer drill, and that was project number two. I hear you, man. Listen, I live in that world. I know. You can take vacations. This is is a classic spring cleaning time for me. So, and to lift all that stuff off my mental plate, Preston, you, you got to take a deep immersion into golf. Oh, my God. It was so great. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, from six six rounds of golf in nine days, and thank you again, Trinity Rehab. I seriously, I went. Christine did some deep work on my shoulder because I'm like, my best friend is coming to town. We're playing a lot of golf, and like, I was having a hard time moving my shoulder, my left yeah. arm. And I'm like, you need to fix this now. <laughs> Do it, and she did. And so anyway, we played tons of golf. It was, it was so great. I, I and listen you good. And I played well, really I well. Yeah. I played really well. And so I was, yeah, that was me, man. And I just, I'm telling you, it's sad. Do you ever have like a yeah hobby that kind of takes over your life? Oh, oh I just, I just, I won't even go into, I, like I'm a gadget guy. And I, and I crack something over the time off that I've been like, how do I get this to, how do I get this to work? I got it to work. Yes. It consumes everything. So yeah. much so that you have to apologize when you talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because I know I'm over-talking about it. The difficult part about my hobby is that it takes six hours out yeah, of your yeah. day <laughs> somewhere else other uh-huh. than at home. Yeah. And it's kind of difficult. to put. But but uh, since I was on vacation, we had some things going on and friends in town. I was able to play a lot of golf, and it was so nice. I just It was one of... One of the best vacations in that regard. Oh. I didn't go anywhere right. other than to, to the shore. But you did play with Who's Lou? We did, yes. Oh. Okay. My buddy Steve and I, we went with Lou. Who's Lou? We played uh, Avalon Golf Club because he's got a shore house. So we played down there and we had that dude. Mm-hmm. Who's Lou? 
I wish I could tell you the story <laughs> that seriously? he told us on the air. Oh, God. And, and my friend Steve, later on, he's like, I just met this guy, and he's telling me these extremely intimate details about his life. Yeah. I was cracking up because, you know, we know Lou. Yeah. He's a great guy. And he's just the best. And these stories he was telling, you know, with that delivery that he's got. Uh-huh. And it was just. How's this golf game? Uh, Luke can play golf. All right. Luke can play golf. He's, yeah. He can he can hit the ball, man. He's, uh, yeah, he's uh, a lot of fun to go out and play with. Uh, so that was just a, that was a great time. And and I, you're I, playing I, the be- some be- some of the best you've ever played, right? Yeah. Yeah. At really hard golf courses. That's so, awesome. so I played, uh, fortunately, I have I have some friends <laughs> who have some friends. Privilege. And I played this golf course called uh, Galloway National <clears throat> with has views of Atlantic City and everything. And I, I shot an 83 there without Ooh. caddies. Ooh. You know, no, it all, yeah. anyway, those of you who play golf, you know did what I'm talking about. Did you walk it or did you drive? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, we, it was, uh, we rode, but we didn't, uh, we didn't have horses, any. right? We didn't have, well, last time I played there, we had, <laughs> yes, we rode horses. <laughs> last time I played there, we had caddies and some had four caddies, but we didn't have anybody. Yeah. And our host left after nine. So we were on our own. Oh, no kidding. Uh, the rest, and you just got to kind of figure it out. And we, uh, yeah, I, I played lights out. And then I shot an 81 at Applebrook and an 84 at, Wow, well, we're looking at a wow. picture of this this course. You can see this Atlantic it's, City skyline. It's stunning. So, Steve uh, Preston plays golf by and and uh, he he rates it by his score at the end. Yeah, I rate my golf with uh, how far did I hit my longest drive? And <laughs> I played one time at the very beginning. I played for the St. Dots golf outing, and Preston, I hit a ball. Farther, it's the farthest I've ever hit a ball in my entire life, and the straightest. That was the best part: is that it didn't have a fade or right. nothing. It just right. went far and straight, and I was like, okay, I was happy with that. I'm done. I, you, I'm done with that. Do you also measure by how many golf balls you lose? I only lost two golf there balls the entire, so, so. the entire day. The entire day, two golf balls. <laughs> nice, not bad. But Nick and Kathy, actually, you guys travel, travel. right? Well, yeah. yeah and, and speaking of golf, actually, um, I did not get to play at Pebble Beach, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> did you go there? I did, and uh, you, you're talking about some of the most beautiful golf courses oh, in the world. It's really God. some of the most beautiful real estate I've ever... Uh, so, Spyglass is there, yep. Spanish Bay, Pebble Beach. Uh, so, I, I flew into San Francisco. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry? Poppy Hill's another one. Okay, there. yeah, yep. and I think there's like six or seven yeah, there are. within that community. Yep. There's there's this drive called the 17-mile drive all around Pebble Beach. Um, so, we had Mark Wahlberg in right before we went on break, and uh, I never got the invite to go play at Pebble, <laughs> uh, which is fine, because it would have been a terrible round of golf. And, and uh, But just the ability to go there, Preston, you mentioned um, before that conversation, it, it's a public course. Anybody mm-hmm. can go and visit, and you can sign up and play. If you're lucky enough, you can get a tee time. Um, but we went and had lunch, and so we sat on the 18th uh, green, yeah. looking out over the bay and having lunch at, at Pebble Beach, uh, me and my girlfriend, Andrea, and so that was incredible. And, then, yeah, we flew into San Francisco, spent some time in the Bay Area, did Half Moon Bay, and then did Big Sur down to Los Angeles. I'd never been to Big Sur before. It it's is glorious. Unbelievably gorgeous. And and so it's just some of the prettiest places I've ever seen in my life. Um, I can't recommend it more highly. Uh, I think if you drive straight from San Francisco to L.A., you can do it in like six or seven hours or whatever. But we took the week. You want to, to stop because yeah. you're just stopping at some of the some of the great you know, Monterey and all these other towns that are Monterey's amazing. Carmel's incredible. There's a place called Point Lobos, which is just south of uh, of Monterey. Actually, you can see Pebble Beach from Point Lobos. It's it's this um this, like almost like a national park on the other side of the bay from Pebble Beach. You took you just your time. Don't... We took our time the whole week getting down, and uh, it was incredible. So the the vacation itself. 
was just un- unbelievably great. Uh, what was not good about it? Well, I'll tell you in a second. The other two <laughs> things that I want to mention, um, I went to Santa Barbara, which I hadn't been to since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and we spent uh, three nights in Santa Barbara and one of the nicest hotels I've ever stayed in in my life. We stayed there. Uh, and then I went to a new national park, which is Channel Islands National Park. It's off of the coast of Santa Barbara and Ventura. Um, so I added, uh, I'm now up to 25 national parks in the United nice. Wow, good for you. Yeah, so that was really cool. You have to take a ferry to get there, and it's kind of like going back in time. And So that was a really neat experience, and then saw some friends at the end in L.A. <clears throat> that was all great. And, <laughs> and really, it was a, a terrific vacation. Uh, the getting out there portion of it was one of the worst travel days of my life. And I, I'm only sharing this story uh, not because I'm not privileged or lucky to be able to do these types of things, because I, I totally am, uh, but just as, as warnings if you are planning your travel <laughs> in the days ahead. <laughs> Kathy, you mentioned, I think, in, in news to how busy the airports are. Yesterday uh, was the second busiest day. Yeah, and uh, I think you probably experienced it. I left here Friday uh, as the show was ending, or right before the show ended, actually, and uh, that was a mistake. I, I shouldn't do that anymore. I, I try to get out so that I'm wherever I want to go by Friday night and can wake up, uh, right. wake up there on Saturday morning. I got to stop doing that. Friday's a tough travel Friday's day, man. T- Everybody leaves. And getting out of work was stressful, and then there was traffic on the way to the airport. And so when I booked the flight, uh, I booked it direct. And uh, I love booking direct. I think it makes a lot of sense. What the airline did, and it's oh, no. not a foreign airline, it's an American airline. Uh. They, um, <laughs> What they did was they added a stop in the middle of it. So we had to How stop. How can they do that? I don't know. I never got How a straight answer. Slap? How could she slap? How could yeah. she slap? I, I, uh, I don't know what the answer to that question Nick, is, Kathy. when did you know they changed it? On the way there. Oh, so oh you were okay, in there. No, 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 on the way to the airport. Oh. I'm sorry, yeah. Okay. So, um, so... Uh, on the w- uh, I have to make a pee-pee. <laughs> on the way to the airport, uh, leaving here from Balakinwood to get to Philadelphia International, we also learned that the flight out of Philly was delayed. So the flight out of Philly in order to get to Chicago oh, was no. delayed. And then no. the connecting flight oh, no. from Chicago to San Francisco was also delayed. So oh. all of this screwed everything up. So, um, weather situations too, right? Weather, yeah, car rentals, every right. one thing after another after another. And so, uh, the, Steve, the day before we flew, I don't know if you remember, but that like that Wednesday and yeah. Thursday, there were storms all over all the over country, the yeah. and it affects travel into the next day. So, um, listen, we ended up making it to San Francisco that night, but we had to switch to Alaska Air when we got <laughs> no when we got to uh, Chicago. Welcome to Angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, because the American flight uh, we thought was going to leave before, it turns out we still could have made the American flight, and oh my god, they held it for us. But oh. they didn't. They didn't tell anybody on the plane oh that they had hold, held it oh, for us. Oh come on! I know. So listen. I'm, I'm complaining. How can she slap? How can she slap? How can she slap? We made it there that <laughs> night. It was okay. It just, and it was a really stressful day. And then, so we had to change the car reservations because by the time we got there, the car place was closed. Um, and then, and then my poor girlfriend left her wallet on the plane. No! <gasps> How did she leave it on the plane? How well, did she slap? Okay. Uh, some people have a lot of anxiety in traveling, and some people right. choose to use Xanax to help during the flight. Oh, oh, no. And some people also occasionally want to celebrate with a glass of wine. Right, right, right. So, right, right. so uh, she was, Kathy, she was on another planet by the time we landed, and I felt terrible for her, and also... She was, was on Melmac. She was yeah. on Melmac. She was hanging out with Elf. She was, but she was not with it remotely. Oh. And, but, but this was after a day of travel that nothing had gone right. It was all Murphy's luggage out there. And I'm like, 
<laughs> and you like try not to take it out on the person who caused the last problem. It's the last thing they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to, to get it back or no? She had to go back into the airport and contact the Alaskan airline people, and they tracked it down for it. So, yes, oh, we got it that God. night. Okay. Yeah. We got the car rental that oh night. God. And like there was a guy who helped us on the Alaska. There were people who were positives in a really negative yeah. day. So that was good. So wait, car rentals close like at the airport? Uh, no, Casey. Uh, here's another travel tip for you. <laughs> so uh, a good way to save some money is to not book at the airport, and especially if you're going to uh. rent for a week. And and so what the original plan was that we were going to drive from uh, San Francisco to L.A. And the car rental company was going to add a thousand dollar drop fee, which is annoying, but whatever. You deal with it because you're dropping in a different location. Uh, but it saved us several hundred dollars a day to rent from in the city of San Francisco, mm. and then drop it off in Los Angeles. So I was like, hey, th- we'll make the flight on time. We'll get to go see San Francisco <laughs> a little bit. But no, none of that happened because our flight got out there so late. So then we had to switch to the <laughs> car rental place in the airport. Um, and then when we were doing the pricing, you know, I'm on the 800 number calling the people, Steve, this is what I was referencing <laughs> earlier, and not talking to a person, just talking right, yeah. to one automated thing after another. Uh, <laughs> They were like, yeah, we don't have any cars left in the airport. <laughs> so I'm like, Of course right, they don't. Of course. I get there. Oh, we got a thousand cars. Whatever. Here's an experience I've never had, which was a total positive. Uh, The guy working at the, it was Enterprise Rental Car, could not have been nicer, really, really accommodating. Uh, Checks us in, um, says, go take whatever car you want. Mm. So we wandered. Help these folks. You're from Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) I wandered out into the lot and I was like, wait, uh, no paperwork? Yeah. Nothing. He said the keys are in the car. You can go have whatever car you want and and uh, drop it off. And he didn't work there. Did was he? it uh... <laughs> Honestly, on your way to the uh, the actual hotel? You're like, <laughs> was it Emerald? <laughs> it was uh, like the Emerald package for Enterprise. No, no, it was, you're it was using Enterprise. Enterprise. I thought you were yeah. a different company. Okay. I think they 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 were sympathetic to the crap travel. That's that awesome. And, and yeah. some some companies do they do it that way? They're like, okay, cars are out there, yeah. go get one. How's yeah. the Lamborghini handle? <laughs> I got a Nissan Kicks. Have you ever heard of that before? No, no. yeah, me neither. And, and uh, but it's like a small SUV, and it uh, it worked fine for the week. Gas in uh, California, if you're not aware, it was like <laughs> six fifty a gallon or something oh like God. that. Um, but uh, wasn't Kicks a kids? Cereal? Yeah. I think it's like yeah. the, Silly Rabbit. You Nissans know what? are for kids. I think they used to call it a uh, Nissan Juke, and now they call uh, it the Nissan yeah. Oh, my Juke. God. Yeah. 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 Juke. The Juke, yeah. So they've, they've rebranded. That's uh, like the Chevy Splooge. <laughs> <laughs> what are you driving? A Splooge. A Splooge. Yeah. Driving a Jeep Jizz? You should hear the horn on that thing. Um, so we got that, <laughs> and then we dropped that out. And flew back yesterday, and the, the flight... <laughs> Guys, get out of the way. I'm hitting my horn. Uh, the flight back yesterday was fine and easy. And getting back in? Getting back in. Avoided it all? Direct flight all right, home, good. you know, L.A. back to Philly. Um, so, Kath, I don't know when you flew back, but we flew back yesterday, and it was it was totally fine. No, Nick, um, I had the easiest two travel days I think I've ever had. I'm not kidding you. No, I didn't leave until Monday, but the airport was so empty, and we got there so early that we were able to sit, have breakfast. Like, it was it was so easy. Yeah, and then on the, way, on the way home, we traveled Saturday. It was crowded at the airport. We went to Clearwater Beach, Florida, so we flew in and out of Tampa. It was crowded there, but still no real issue. Like, 
checked bags. We got on the flight. We there was enough overhead space for everybody's carry on. Like, were your flights full? Uh, the flights were full. Yeah, okay. both of them were were completely full. Uh, like no no other seats available. But comfortable. But Steve, there is one thing I want to tell you, and I was excited. Mm. This is really my main. Uh, other than that, I bought all, all new socks, Preston, and I threw oh. out my old ones. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Nice. Other than that, Start this is what I'm excited to tell you about, Steve. Um, while uh, we were in Clearwater Beach, we stayed at the Sand Pearl. They were filming a movie there, Steve. Ah. A Lifetime movie. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yes. Was it, it couldn't have been a Christmas movie. Not in, no, it's yeah. called The Plus One. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Ashanti, is that her name? Yes, Ashanti, yeah, she the actress. Yeah. is the star of the movie. Uh, and right, so we had a balcony and we could look over and they, they would film in the evening. Wow. Um, so So the last evening we were there, we were able to watch them film from the balcony. Oh, so I had the kids out there. Did they there. give instructions like they asked you to be quiet on it? Or did, was oh, it? it was like, yeah, it was pretty strict. Wait, so we're coming back from the pool uh, and I have Jason, his yeah. cousin, and uh, I get in the elevator. Elevator opens and it, it, you know it was pretty busy, so the elevator was full. We've been waiting a little right. while. I was like, "There's enough room." I go, "I, I go, we'll squeeze." Come on! So yeah. the kids are wet, have their bathing suits, <laughs> towel hanging off of them. One's I'm um, holding a flip flop, the other flip flops right. on. Like, and I just see this girl huddled in the corner, like away from the wet kids. <laughs> and I didn't know until later, but it was her, and oh. she was coming. She was, I guess, going back downstairs. Or, I mean, back upstairs from shooting a scene or whatever it was. And I was like, "Oh, I shoved the wet kids in their bathing suits uh, into the elevator." But yeah, the movie's called um, The Plus One, and yeah, it was really cool to, to see them film. They had all the oh, equipment y- there, and oh, and to answer your question, yeah, they were, like, people were up on their balconies, and they had people literally, like, yelling up, saying, right. please put your phone away. Right. They were going up to people's rooms if they wouldn't put their phone away, ah. and you couldn't take pictures, video. So I have plenty of pictures and video, because uh, <laughs> we're seeing it. <laughs> no, that's cool, but I mean, that's, so that's, uh, they're, they're getting more aggressive with their non-holiday uh, movies, so, uh, you know, making a lot more of them, so you got to witness one. Yeah, and there was, the like, Plus one with Ashanti. Yeah, there was like a uh, a fight scene and a screaming scene, Ooh, and so yeah. I got to see that. It was That's really, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. cool. It's a wow. yeah. It's about um, uh, an ex boyfriend brings his new girlfriend to her wedding. All right. So oh, if you ever in a place with uh, Candace Cameron Bray, you got to call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you. Did you get out to the beach at all or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. We we stayed. It was the place we stayed was right on the beach. Um, so yeah, we we did the beach. The kids wanted to go to the pool a lot, so we were there a lot. But Clearwater is a great. Uh, uh, you know, had, I've been down occasionally you know, years ago, but when we went down for the spring training. Um, I'm like, oh, I think this is actually a really good, you know, option if you don't want to get too crazy with where you're going in Florida. Yeah, and it was it was very relaxing and we had beautiful weather. I mean, it was sunny every single day, so wow. it was nice. You. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we didn't check in with Marissa. Did you do anything noteworthy, Marissa? We always like to do a little vacation recap after a week off. No. I was supposed to have a golf lesson, and um, there's a little bit of <laughs> Steve that will be me soon. Yeah. Um, there's some COVID going around, the, the crew of people who were working, so I didn't get to do that. I just kind of chilled, did some cleaning, did some spring stuff. I did it, the Casey Steve. No, really? Rogue. No. What's that now? I did the Casey and Steve route. Did you did you do any restaurant? I mean, you're you're the the food. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just like a normal. Yes. Thing, right? <laughs> but I mean, any new any new places? Um, nothing new. I went back to Murphs. Have you guys heard about Murphs in no. Fishtown? Mm-hmm. It's like um, it used to be like a speakeasy of of Italian food. Yeah. So it's like a, a an Irish bar in Fishtown, and there's a guy um from uh I forget what part of Italy he's from. He and he cooks in the back. So oh, cool. you would actually go into the restaurant. It just looks Isn't like a bar. Isn't that what they do normally? At well, like, but, but it's like a bar. You cook in the back. Right? Cook up, uh, but certainly I'm not good enough. <laughs> 
When it first started, it was like separate. Like you would go to the bar or you would like wait for a table for food in the back and you would oh, like, pay him cash. Great. They're putting doors on the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's kind of all one restaurant because so many people come in. But you, have to, like, knock on the, you have to knock on the door? Is uh, that... Not really. It's okay. not like that crazy. But uh, but getting in on the weekends is pretty hard. But uh, Salmonella. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> Salmonella. <laughs> oh, we're looking at a picture. It looks really uh, like pubish. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it literally is just an Irish bar, and this guy was just like, hey, can I... He actually cooks in the basement, is the only... Because there is they no... They put me down in the basement now. <laughs> There's no kitchen. Uh, and then they serve it up. They treated me like a chud. Okay. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Very All right, cool. so low-key. Yeah, very low-key. Yep. Podcast, um, okay. and then uh, more golf this week, so yeah. And right. the name of your podcast again, the name? Oh, uh, Delicious City Philly. Okay. New Delicious. episode out today. I've listened. Delicious City it's good. Philly. Hey, I want to give one uh, bit of gratitude to you, Preston, because you recommended a restaurant in Big Sur, and I think it's called Nate Penth is how you pronounce it? Nepente. Nepente. Okay, yeah. thanks. And Because I've heard uh, several when we were out there. Okay. But it was, um, it was so incredibly beautiful. Thank you for pointing it out and uh, and recommending that we go there. If anybody's listening and is driving Big Sur at any point, mm. listen to Preston because it's one of the coolest restaurants I've ever been to. Incredible food, great staff, and just a really nice spot. So thank you. And the view is... Unreal. <laughs> you're up on a cliff overlooking that Big Sur uh, surf. Or you know the uh, the shoreline. Yeah, you, it's you, unbelievable. You have to actually physically stand there to realize that what you've seen in countless movies is actually real. Yeah, and it looks that way all the time. And yeah. this ma- this massive stones and cliff sides and and surf raging in a beautiful breeze. It's just astonishing. Yeah, yep. I want to get back there someday for sure. All right. Well, listen. Uh, that's all well and good, but we do have some business to take care of because we are officially back at work. Uh, We are going to have the uh, MMR Concert Cash coming up in about 30 minutes or so. So let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get into the bizarre file when we return, friends. So make sure you stay close. We are back. Hey, just in the past week, we have had an in-depth and light Zoom with the amazing Ken Burns. Our buddy Kate Flannery, Meredith from The Office, played the piano for us. We hung out with Michael and Kevin Bacon, the Bacon Brothers. I spoke to one of my idols, Alex Lifeson of Rush. Pete Holmes made us laugh. We met the newest member of the Jackie Bam Bam fan club. That would be Dan Arbach from the Black Keys. And Mark Wahlberg was in our studio. All those moments are posted now on PrestonandSteve.com. All right, speaking of, uh, well, I wasn't speaking of that. What, I was, what were you speaking of? I was speaking of the uh, concert cash, and I was going to go, well, let's do that. But we're not doing that for 15 no. more minutes, so let's do this instead. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre all right, it's brought to you by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. A.D. Moyer Lumber is your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. Just visit them on the web at admoyer.com. All right, here was a local story that I saw uh, over the weekend. Maybe you guys caught this, but a driver died and his car was ripped apart. Yeah. A section of it coming to rest at a gas station after it collided with a pickup truck in northeast filling on Thursday morning. Uh, the wreck took place at the corner of Byberry Road and Bustleton Avenue mm. uh, just before 5.30 a.m. A driver in a 2007 red Chevy Monte Carlo SS was going a high rate of speed on northbound on Bustleton when the car smashed into a black Chevy Silverado pickup that was attempting to uh, turn left onto eastbound Byberry from the southbound lanes. The force of the crash caused the red sedan to strike a pole and it split yeah. in two. I mean, like Horrifying. the car ripped in two pieces. Back of the car came to rest against a pole near the intersection in the front half next to a gas pump. 
Medics rushed to the uh, driver, later identified as 44-year-old Jose Moses Sadler, to the hospital, and he had died about an hour later. The pickup truck had significant damage to its front end, came to rest on the sidewalk, and the 67-year-old pickup driver was not hurt in the accident. An off-duty police officer witnessed the crash and surveillance video captured the wreck. It was pretty wild. It's astonishing. Yeah. It literally ripped in half. Ripped in half. Uh, uh, here's a, I told you guys there were some terrible stories in the Bizarre File. Um, listen to this. An Arizona man faces animal cruelty charges after 183 dead dogs, rabbits, birds, and other man- animals were found in a freezer, including some that were apparently frozen while alive. Oh, yeah, the guy oh, stuffing his own grandmother into yeah. a freezer alive. This guy's shoving all kinds of animals into a freezer still alive. Deputies and animal control, together. control officers found the animals in a garage freezer April 3rd after a woman reported that Michael Patrick Turland hadn't returned snakes that she had lent him for breeding. The freezer was at a home that Turland previously rented uh, in a rural community in far western Arizona. The frozen animals included dogs, turtles, lizards, birds, snakes, Mice, rats, and rabbits. Jesus. Two hamsters uh, and a few <laughs> yeah, other things, gerbil. too. Yeah, Six gerbils, two cats, a hamster, and a rabbit. Uh, several of the animals appear to have been frozen alive due to their body positioning. The sheriff's office said they were kept in a large-sized chest freezer. The home's owner reportedly discovered the frozen animals after uh, while cleaning after Turlin and his wife vacated the property. They just left them there. Unbelievable. Uh, the owners in contact with the woman who had notified the sheriff's office. When deputies were told that he returned to the property, Turlin eventually admitted to placing some of the animals in the freezer while they were still alive. He was arrested on 94 counts of animal cruelty. I don't have any friends. Nope. Uh, this is wild, and I wanted to include this in the B-File. Kathy had it in the news earlier this morning, but a 19-year-old who disappeared from his family's home in California nearly three years ago has been found alive in Utah to the astonishment and relief of his parents who feared that they would never see him again. Connor Jack Oswalt was shivering and cold when sheriff's deputies came across him Saturday sleeping in a convenience store in Summit County, known for its ski areas. Oswalt appeared to have been living on the streets for about two weeks. His family had searched for him for years handing out flyers, scanning social media, and desperately chasing down fruitless leads. And they even moved back to the town of his birth, Idaho Falls, hoping that he would eventually make it back there. Uh, His stepfather, Gerald, said, any hints at something that remotely resembled him, we would follow up on it. It's been a real nightmare. Oswald, who has been diagnosed with autism and other mental health conditions, was 17 when he left the family's home in Clear Lake, California. His mother, Suzanne Flint, Remember making quesadillas, but when it was time for lunch, he was gone. She said, I never stopped looking for him. There wasn't a day that I wasn't searching for him in some fashion. Uh, The exact circumstances of his disappearance and whereabouts over the last two years are under investigation. That's why we haven't heard too much about it yet. What his family does know is that after deputies found him at the Utah convenience store, they asked if he would like to come to their patrol car and warm up. He agreed, and eventually that led officers to take a fingerprint. Uh, They found an outstanding warrant from him from February in Nevada. Uh, but they felt, felt that there was something more than a criminal thing going on. So they started doing some research, and sure enough, they matched him to a photo of it, uh, someone who was reported missing yeah. because the names were different. It's amazing. Or, or were spelled different. And uh, when the Flins got the call, they were their son had been found dead. After his wife confirmed the identification through the birthmark, Gerald Flint left work, jumped in his car, and drove the four hours to Utah. Social, uh, social workers knowledgeable about autism took over. Uh, as Oswald's care after the reunion with his family, and they're hoping to bring him back home soon. That is just, wow. you almost never hear of that happening. Um, how about this? Another local story. 
The search is on for a nuclear gauge containing sealed radioactive material after it disappeared from a vehicle stolen in Philadelphia. What the... According to the Department of Environmental Protection, the gauge belonged to KAKS and company. KAKAK? Kayaki? A Montgomery County-based construction site and soil testing business and was not inside the stolen vehicle when the vehicle was, uh, when it was found. Uh, the, it is not clear when or where the gauge and the vehicle were stolen. Now, officials warned anyone who finds the gauge to maintain a considerable distance <laughs> from the device and contact the Department of Environmental Protection. How are you going to know you found it if, you, if you're nowhere near it? The nuclear density gauge is a Truxler Model 3440. The That's gauge the only one I'd use. is yellow in color and about the size of a shoebox with an electronic keypad and a metal rod extending from the top surface. <clears throat> the Troxler gauge contains approximately 8 millicuries of cesium-137 and 40 millicuries of americium-241. The radioactive material is a in a double-encapsulated source capsule within the device to protect its integrity. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Could you describe what what you found, sir? <laughs> it's like a yellow box with some keypads on it. <laughs> All right, we'll wait right there. <laughs> Are you okay? I don't feel. You don't feel. So- <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second when we return. Your shot at winning 500 bucks in the MMRBQ. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I hit the wrong button. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back when we return. We will get to uh, MMR's concert cash contest, so stay close. Yeah. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oh, uh, two minutes after ten, man. Oh. All right, we got to do this right now. Now, here's your concert cash keyword. Word is best. B-E-S-T. We're going to give you 15 minutes until after the hour to get that to us. There are three ways for you to get us the word best. You can uh, text it with the special contest short code number. It's 45911. Or if you want to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, just enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in this company-wide contest 
And all MMR winners receive two free tickets to the MMR Uh Winners will get a call from our company, Beasley. Make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. And it is sponsored by AAA Distributor. Again, the word is BEST, B-E-S-T. Good luck to you. Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question. And, Nick, I'm sorry. I did That's not okay. uh, get a chance. We're, we're having printer problems here. So could you pose <laughs> yes. the question, by the way, the prize that we are giving away? A uh, pair of tickets to see ah, comedian Steve Trevino this Friday at uh, Punchline. Uh, and let's see if you can answer this question. So when I was on vacation, I rented a Nissan Kicks, which in the model of that car might have been once called a Nissan Juke. What similar car did Chevy make? Two one five two six three WMMR. What similar car to the Juke uh, did Chevy make? If you heard that a little while ago, then you probably have a pretty good idea about what it is. Call us two one five two six three WMMR. Get through. Give us the right answer. You win the prize. In the meantime, we'll do this. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, is brought to you by Horizon Book a spring AC tune up for seventy nine dollars and a fall heater tune up for fifty nine dollars. Book fast at horizonservices.com slash book. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, TikTok star Neil White is suing Diamond Face's Care Bar for what he claims is a botched chemical peel that left his face burned and splotchy. The owners of Diamond Spa are claiming innocence, saying White inadvertently signed up for the botchy, splotchy face burn. Oh. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Just an accident. Kim Kardashian saying uh, she was joking when she suggested there is a sex tape out there showing Ray J using a vibrator on her butt. Yes. Kardashian (laughs) says people are so gullible when you already have one sex tape of Ray J doing things to your ass. (laughs) (laughs) President Biden has long claimed the dog Major has occasionally nipped at a few people, but some Secret Service agents are saying Major has actually been far more aggressive. In fact, the agents are suggesting that Major completely devoured Madeleine Albright. Oh, no way. All right, we're looking for an answer to the question. Uh, let's see. What was it? Who made the juke? Yeah, so Nissan made the juke. What similar car did Chevy make? All right, 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Tyler. Hey there, Tyler. Good morning. All right, Tyler, what kind of car did Chevy make? Was it the Chevy Splooch? The Splooch. Yeah. 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 buddy. Hang on. Tyler got himself fair ticket seat. Comedian Steve Trevino this Friday, and that's April 22nd, 945 p.m. Punchline Philly. Tickets are on sale now at punchlinephilly.com uh, for each of Steve's shows this weekend. So go get them. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Montage Mountain Resort and Montage Mountain Friday, April 22nd and Saturday, April 23rd. You can sample over 150 craft beers, ciders, and seltzers from 50 of the best breweries nationwide. Details at momountain.com slash brewfest. The first posthumous recording from Taylor Hawkins has been released. Rolling Stone reported Hawkins recorded the vocal to Edward Winter, Edgar Winter's cover of his late brother Johnny Winter's Guess I'll Go Away from the newly released Brother Johnny Tribute Collection. Uh, Edgar had posted a tribute to Hawkins on his official website and spoke about how Hawkins refused payment for the work on the album. Uh, he had told him, he said, I just want to get out of there. I just want to get out there and rock and roll. And he did. 
And it's a song about the lure of sex, the danger of drugs, and the love of rock and roll. Johnny wrote it at the time of his first rehab, and it expressed feelings almost everyone that I know has been through in one way or another. I would guess that, like most all musicians, Taylor couldn't help but identify with it. He went on to write, All I know is he put his whole heart and soul into it, and I'm so sad that I never found a way to thank him properly, and he so deeply and profoundly deserved. Uh, it, the, the name of the song is Guess I'll Go Away. And now, he said, now both Johnny and Taylor have gone away, and no one can know, but which we all one must stay. Wait, let me read this again. No, it seems, yeah. He he wrote, uh, now both Johnny and Taylor have gone away, no one can know, but which we all one day must travel. Although I know Johnny has departed this world, I still think uh, of and speak to him every day, and will now see Taylor's face alongside his. Kirk Hammett of Metallica, of course, has released a first taste of his upcoming debut solo EP in the form of High Plains Drifter. The track, which made its debut on Friday, opens the second side of Portals, Kirk's four-song EP, which is out April 23rd. Hammett said in a press release, this music was created with what I describe as an audio-cinematic approach. Uh, their soundtracks to the movies in your mind. It is a departure. We have some of it. Do you want to hear? Yeah. <laughs> they come I from no, I thought it was going to be the. Uh, it was one of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, the Killers kicked off their imploding the Mirage tour. <laughs> Last uh, in Las Vegas uh, by performing several new songs. According to NME, the band opened with the live debut of My Own Soul's Warning, later followed by Running Towards a Place, Fire and Bone. And the Getting By 2. And the 21 song set also included hits like Mr. Brightside and Smile Like You Mean It. And then one last story. Uh, Alex Lifeson said that drugs and rush never led to particularly good music. Uh, Ultimate Classic Rock transcribed some of the guitarist uh, chat recently where he recalled uh, it was hard to play. He said we were very disciplined when it came to shows. Not even a beer during the drum solo. I smoked a joint before a rehearsal once, and we jammed for about 20 minutes like psychedelic surf music, and it was so great. Didn't they say that they were doing a concert one time, and they saw some, uh, a young man in, like, the third or fourth row, and he, he was, like, throwing his life away yeah. with drugs? Right? Yes, and, and, yes. Yeah. There was eye contact. Neil made eye contact yeah. with him. But he goes on to say... Uh, what are you doing, son? <laughs> <laughs> Lights, please. Guys. He went on this, this guy right here is just throwing it all away. <laughs> I know you don't believe it now, but you'll probably have a major market morning show. <laughs> what are you, like 14 years old? Uh, and he went on to say, uh, I was having such a great time talking about when he, he got high and, and they did this jam at rehearsal. I uh, said, I was having such a great time. And then I was like, OK, let's do the show now. And we started playing and I was like, everything sounded crazy. My hands wouldn't speak to my brain. And Ged kept looking over at me like, what in the hell is going on with you? And we weren't making, we, we were making mistake after mistake, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. But I learned a very important lesson. Don't smoke a joint before a gig. <laughs> did they, did they have issues? Uh, uh, did Neil have any? No. Uh, I don't Drug remember. problems? Yeah, I never no. remember that being a part of the thing, no. right? No, not at all. I mean, they, they, you know, they dabbled, but they yeah. never, they didn't party hard. Yeah, there was no rehab They weren't like story. big, big drinkers or anything like that. They were pot smokers, but, and they definitely had, didn't have it involved when they were performing yeah. in any way, shape, or form. So, 
All right, and uh, that's it in music news. You have about three and a half minutes or so left to get the word best to us. That is our concert cash word right now. So the word is best. Just a few more minutes to get to it, so make sure that you do. We don't want you to miss any opportunity. More coming up later, but make sure you give this one a shot now. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. We will be wrapping up the show when we return. Letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. Stay with us. Did you know you can listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Monday morning. And get ready to uh, wrap up today's show. Weather-wise today, just adds up, uh, you know, we got some clouds. It's going to be a little cool. I have about 53, so it's going to feel colder than that, most likely. And we do have some rain coming in uh, to the area this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, just partly cloudy and 53. And then we start warming up. 61 on Wednesday, 66 on Thursday, 75 on Friday. Uh, so there's some good luck, uh, good luck weather-wise uh, to look forward to in the weekend. Uh, today has been fun getting back into the swing of things. It has, yes. Enjoyed uh, every bit of it, especially our in-studio guest this morning, Mr. Chris Jericho. Hey! Who was outstanding. His band Fozzy has a new album called Boombox. It is coming out on May 6th. And uh, just to, you know, how much he loves this radio station, just to, to indicate that. Uh, they played on Saturday in Delaware at the Queen, and then they played in Poughkeepsie last night. They were driving to Virginia, had to come back in the general vicinity, and stopped off, crashed in the uh, in the yeah, parking lot, to do and the show. came in to just come in and do the interview. So it was great talking to him. He's such an easy guy to chat with, and just super, super nice. Yeah, yeah so I love what he's doing, too. That was great, we appreciate them uh, or him coming by this morning. Uh, but outside of that, it's just been us, so we need to do our letter of the day, and I guess Casey's going to handle that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it up. Hold wait, it up. Wait a Last second. second substitution, because uh, in, in uh, his defense, we are rapping a little earlier than usual. I'll say. Wait a minute. I, I still got the mask on for being out You caught me off guard. <laughs> in for Pierre Robert, Mr. Ray Coon. Hey! so nice and cheerful and happy today. Thank you. It's good to see you all. Right? All right, so I already hit the little intro and the music's playing, so we need our letter of the day. The President's Steve Show brought to you today by the letter... T. T. T is in... Tea time. All right, tea oh, time. You bastard. Is <laughs> in golf, man. Tea time. All right, so that's our first letter. And we have, by the way, a Samsung 55-inch Class 7 Series LED 4K UHD Smart Tizen TV. Whoa! Four tickets for the Penn Museum to check out one of the largest Egyptian collections in the U.S. And a, a hieroglyphs mug from the museum shop. And why all this? Well, because it's brought to you by Marvel Studios Moon Knight. And you don't miss the six-episode event now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. So we'll give that away on Friday, so get set for that. How you doing, man? Yeah, man. I think I speak for everybody. It was great to hear about all your adventures, uh, domestic and foreign. Right. Uh, you were having, except for you. 
<laughs> because yeah, me? I know what the weather was like last week. Yeah. And I know how hard it would have been to find time to get a tea time or mm. two in there. Yeah. Six tea? Six, <laughs> six dude. Yeah. You, you uh-huh. bastard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was too cold up here for most of the days and then the rain the other days. And you made it work. There was one day when it, we I played at uh, in Avalon and, and it was it was the like the brutally cold day. Mm. Uh, but we, you know, it was the day. Now you know you're alive, lad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we just went out there and, and did it anyway. But, yeah, That's dude, cool. it was so much fun. I know you love to play golf. So. You were well missed, all of you, by the way. Uh-huh. So I'll speak for the people who were listening while you were all off. And uh, everybody was talking about, how long? How long is <laughs> Right. Yeah. We'll be back Monday. Relax, everybody. Nice. What's up on uh, the program today? Well, it's the Pierre Robert Vacation Plus One Day. So you yes. got me for a day. We'll do the workforce blocks, give you a couple chances to score some concert cash and tickets to the MM Barbecue and whatever else we can figure out as we go forward. Excellent. That's how you do it. Excellent. All right. Well, let me thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve shows brought to you today by Acme Markets. You can get your free flu shot or COVID-19 booster at their pharmacy. Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors. And also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve show. Uh, tomorrow's program, a tattoos day. We'll do that. Our buddy Joe Matteris is stopping by and we'll see what else we get into. And obviously, MMR's concert cash. So that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve. On 93 WMMR. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the bat ba 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 